Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, what the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John. I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Well, here we go. We'll find out coming up later on tonight. Maybe get a little bit of dangling news while we're in here. I hope so. You know, this hasn't worn me out as much as it's worn a lot of you out. And believe me, I get it. I do get it. But it is the equivalent of if you follow a news cycle, which I absolutely don't and I never will, and I don't give a crap about it, news, politics, any of that garbage, none of it, zero. I do understand that there's a comparison to be made from all this talking about stuff, and I bring it up all the time regarding the draft that will never come true. It's probably ridiculously outlandish. And many of us right now may not even be close to the scent, to the trail, to the animal that I guess we're hunting, which is a bad analogy. If you're a hunter, great. If you're not, whatever. But that's kind of how it feels To me, it's okay because I know what lies ahead. What lies ahead, you get the month of May. We talked to 500. I love it. And then after that, there's a huge drop-off. So I kind of celebrate having these content conversations where, you know, even a lot of it doesn't make a lot of sense at times, but we, we make it sound like it does. I think I can sit here and make one hell of a compelling argument about bullcrap. Seriously, one hell of one. And that's kind of what you do with this. And that's the comical part of it, but it's just the sports radio, the local sports radio content portion of it. But when you look at it truly, you can't say enough how big it is in a variety of ways. You are just wanting to see this team get back on track. Think about what you, and I always talk about you in terms of what you've been through. The fan out there, the pace for the tickets has that disposable income that you're a part of a Colts weekend. You know, the in-house game viewing, game day viewing experience. You might go on trips, you buy the gear, all that stuff. I mean, this really does matter. This needs to be the first step to get this whole mess back on track. I know you're not believers. I do. I understand that there are a lot of non-believers out there. I'm not suggesting you shouldn't be. I'm not trying to tell you how to think. I'm just telling you how I think. It's a big deal. Just beyond what any of us are going to tell you. 
It's a big deal, and there may not have been more of a roll of the dice. There are going to be winners and losers in this thing. You just don't know who it's going to be right now. And again, that's why, come this time tomorrow, when I come on the show at 3 o'clock, I'm going to go ahead and make you aware of this. I'm going to find it really hard to be that angry about anything that they do. And before you say it, and just don't because it'll look stupid, that's not a pass. That's just the feeling of it. The expectations aren't going to go away just because these guys are so closely knit, so comparable in winning and in losing, in boom and or bust. These guys, as of right now, are close. I just, especially if it comes down to splitting the difference on two, whether it's Levis and Richardson, or if it's Stroud playing a role, and even for that matter, we have left him out a great deal, and that is Hendon Hooker. There is zero expectation We'll talk to Mike Chappell about this coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, but zero expectation that that could be a direction that they go. But at the same time, there are still many of the qualities. That guy was outstanding for Tennessee, a resurrection before his injury. Was he 24 years old? People get bent out of shape about that. I can tell you the one thing that across the board, and I don't know if people are just like, let me be the the Pied Piper of leadership quality and coachability and all this crap that I feel very uncomfortable, as I've mentioned and talking about, because it matters not to me initially. Can you play the position? Can you raise the bar on the way you play the position? I mean, can you be a defining player at sports, is professionally speaking, most defining position? Can you do that? I'm not going to ask that you're Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or a top-of-the-line quarterback out of the gate. But it has to evolve into something here. This is uncharted territory for many. For me, it's not. For some of you, that it is. For some of you out there, you don't really truly get what us old farts went through to get here. I mean, even here. You know, back when it was just a thrill to have a team. Hey, great, we've got a team. Let's go get some of their gear. They have their gear at Lazarus. I'm going to go buy it. Let's go buy some gear. And you sat around every year, watched them lose. They became a punchline most of the time. Not much was said that was well before social media. And really, even before sports talk radio. So around here, the originator was what? Mark Patrick on sports, MPOS. Back in the late 80s, he was the originator. I I know um, IBC downstairs was news, weather, and sports, and they did sports. But still, for all sports and all sports show like that, it it was Mark. And there still wasn't a lot of shaking of the fist going on around here. It was just kind of a comical joke. So I'm going to wait it on the next Duke Tomato song. Wait it on the next 
the next motto of no trim until the Colts win type of thing, or somebody was going to sit on a billboard until the Colts won. You know, that's that's what you knew it to be. And then they had that one season, end of the season in 95, and gave you a taste of exactly what other teams have gone through, what other teams have experienced, what other fan bases have experienced in winning. And the reason why you have an NFL team anyway, it's not because you can go out to buy their gear. That's because you want to see them win. You want to be proud of your hometown, of your home place, of your home team. And that's exactly what they ended up doing during the Manning era. And then they make that incredible jump from the Manning era to the Luck era. Everybody thinks that's great. We all know how that ended. You got to double back and get back to a semblance of that. Because that's been way too much of a mixture of a lot of losing, bad decisions, bad play. And the point where you got at this past season was a high level of apathy. That's what you don't want. Remember, this organization had to battle through every rumor when L.A. did not have a team in that market. It was every single year. What team is logically going to make that move? And it was seemingly the Colts brought up every single time. A lot of those NFL people still out there that you admire a great deal that have covered the league for a number of years had story after story regarding that. And that is something you're not worried about any longer. But during the Manning era, something else happened. During the Manning era, you found what it's like to be a consistent winner. You found what it was like to actually have a team and a player in Peyton Manning be transformed from you know a, a darling to, you know what, I see them too much and I see him too much. I'm sick of seeing him. And then that evolved to the point where we always thought, just that one Super Bowl, just one, just one Super Bowl. How about just one? Just get there once. Then you win it, and then because of that level of production, that level of success, it became more than that. Yeah, it's likely there's nothing out there in any of these three, assuming, or four if you want to count Hendon Hooker, any of these type of picks that are going to be anything as sure thing as everybody thought that Manning and Luck was going to be. Which makes it even more difficult. But this group has to find it. They have to find it. And you leave it up to them to find it. I mean, in fact, when you look at Chris Ballard, who is going to be chiefly making that decision coming up later on tonight, a big defining decision for the distant future, really, regarding this franchise, he gets a reboot. Not a lot of guys get that reboot. Not a lot of guys at that position of the NFL get six years, those results, and then get a chance to go ahead and help define the future once again like that. It just doesn't happen. So it is an absolute big deal that you get this right, even if the water is more cloudy than it has been before. When your favorite team was up in this category, certainly not having the choice of everybody, as we have seen twice in the past. But in this case, a top four selection that better net you the future and the winning future, the positive future, because nobody else is going to look at you and go, oh, we feel sorry for you. And it's weird. We kind of got this group now of people like me that kind of understand where they are and understand the past 
and how you can get swallowed up by that a little bit. I don't mean just the Manning past. I mean back in the losing past. How you don't want to get swallowed up with that. It's funny. I was watching this. And this is, I guess, taking place on Twitter. And I try to sort this out for everybody because oftentimes you really get bad advice. And I try to give you the sound advice. And if you want to think that way, you can. If you want to think the way that I'm trying to change your mind on, whatever. But with regards to Manning or what they say, the Manning family signing off, this goes back a couple of weeks when something I brought up. Peyton Manning's asked all the time about quarterbacks, especially those that go to his quarterback camp. He's asked about them all the time. He gives his opinion about them. So in terms of the quote signing off, he's not signing off on anybody. He has a belief in Will Levis. He has a belief in guys he's asked about. And people say, well, why do the Colts, why does that matter to them? I don't know if it matters to Chris or to Steichen. I'm assuming that it does. Like, I'm assuming they either A, ask, or they B, ask and maybe didn't get in contact. But I'm assuming the question is asked because the one person that really holds that in the highest regard over there is the owner of the team. So when you're asking me, why does it matter if Manning signs off or what Manning has to say? Well, in terms of the quarterback they select, it doesn't, but they do trust his opinion on it. And his opinion is asked. So when everybody starts being a jackass about, oh, this Manning stuff, I'm so sick of the Manning stuff. You, you, you better never be sick of the Manning stuff. Because a lot of you jackasses have no idea what it was like before that. You have no idea. Give you a great example. Even with the foobarry that took place this past year, honestly, did your best to really make a mockery, some of you, of Jeff Saturday, who's in the ring of honor and who was also a part of an incredible era. That's to be celebrated, not to be dragged down. Believe me, Chris and Steichen. And then Jim, collectively, and I hope Shane Steichen gets more of an opinion on this than any of the other two. I don't know. But I think he should because he's hired to shape, to form that quarterback of the future. But in the process, you don't need to be running down Manning like you did Saturday here. I think everybody knew exactly how the Saturday coaching era was going without your dumbass petition. Everybody knew that. That's stuff you embrace. This is the stuff you want to forget about. This is the stuff you want to make fun of. Now, the quarterback situation for the past two years and then prior to that, even with that one year in between with Phillip Rivers, that's the stuff you can make fun of. You make fun of that like we made fun of back when the team first got here and did up until basically the mid-1990s. Then you can make fun of that. But it's not a big deal. The old Manning thing's not a big deal. The Manning signed off on it. Now what they said was, yeah, we think he's going to be a pretty good quarterback. I think the quote was, Manning thought he was genetically, talking about Will Levis here, genetically put together to be an NFL quarterback. Now the rest of it is the judgment of those that are employed by the Colts. Those that are making that decision. Believe me, you would be surprised at what these people making this decision. They ask everybody. They may not take in consideration everybody's opinion, but they ask nearly everybody but me because they know I'm a knob. 
I maybe end up being right tomorrow, but still a knob nonetheless. They get the opinion of everybody. Yeah, just never never forget, especially you of the younger generation that are so willing to want to be jackass on Twitter. Don't don't forget what created interest here. Don't forget that. And nobody needs the defense. I mean, neither Saturday nor Manning need my defense. But it's just a not-so-subtle reminder of what is important. Like the selection tonight. And what goes into that selection tonight. A lot of stuff, basically all of it, we're not privy to. Everybody out there is taking a guess. Like, I've been talking about this for how many months now? I mean, you have to feel that at least I had a pit of intel initially because there's no way. And I was mentioning this to a friend earlier today. That is a long damn time in this process and this ever-evolving process of evaluating the most crucial position in professional sports. It's a long time to stay with one dude. I probably would have bounced all around the place otherwise. Not so much. I do think it's going to be Will Levis later on tonight. We shall see. And again, this goes way back. This is nothing new. I want to make sure you understand that. Told nothing. Zero. Nobody's been told anything. Nobody's got jack squat. We are all out there guessing. Some have watched a great deal of tape. More power to you. Me, I seemingly watch when I believe that it matters. There's a reason why I like Stroud. There's a reason why when I broke down what he said yesterday about, you know, it doesn't have anything to prove and all that. I'm just really caring about what happens on the field. You know, let the coach and the coaching staff mold him into a leader. Some guys might have that quality out of the gate. Others may not. But I, I don't know. How would you know if Stroud didn't have it? I mean, who would possibly be able to tell you that? Ryan Day? If I'm C.J. Stroud, I'm going, wait a minute, coach. What are you telling everybody then? This can't just be my S2. That is one thing that I cannot wait that goes away. The S2. So what does the S2 mean that you're really good at Galaga? You, you're really good at centipede if you're good at the S2. Now you want to make sure that they're good on what happens on Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, the occasional Saturday. And coming to a stadium near you one of these days every single day of the week. That's what you want. I actually put it up there at JMV 1070 a little bit earlier. I didn't pin it up there, but you can find it too. Uh, the logicals here, who you think it's going to be. Multiple choice, you know, really A, B, or C if you want to go that direction. Stroud, Levis, Richardson, or other. And there's no quarterback out there that's in this draft with the last name other. But if it's something else, you know, it's funny. I brought up a number of times, right? I brought up a number of times what I believe and really know what the Colts hold as far as leadership quality is concerned. And where that may tear at a candidate or two, depending upon who they end up drafting. But I do know how much that matters. And one guy that we consistently leave out of this equation is Hendon Hooker. And I would agree, I have not considered him one ounce. Doesn't mean I don't think he's any good. 
I mean, look at what he did for Tennessee before that injury. Uh, people will tell you if you're looking for that leadership mentality, that guy has it. Alas, it does not seem like that he is going to be considered unless a guy like Jeff Covey, friend of the show down in Monroe County, is accurate, and Chris Ballard trades back. Would it absolutely surprise me? No. The thing that hangs with me is, I mean, even normally in this process, even if they're completely locked up tight, which they have been, job well done, normally you will get the, well, you know, the Colts may think about trading up, and maybe they do. Maybe they don't feel as comfortable as we approach 7 or 8 o'clock tonight about what they want, what they have wanted for a while, and what's going to be available at 4. But you do have to admit, it seems like that they have felt incredibly comfortable about being at 4. And maybe this is just in BS terms, but it seems like that they've been okay with being at 4. Being comfortable with the guy that they have targeted going to be there. We'll see if that holds true going into the night, really going into the afternoon, as maybe some other rumors happen to occur. But again, my pick, who I think it's going to be, been pretty firm with this for a long time, actually going back months, even before we started, what many of you believe, an incredibly annoying and ongoing lengthy conversation. It has been Will Levis, and that's... Where I'll stay until I find out otherwise coming up later on tonight. So I'll leave it to you. Uh, go ahead and get your vote in at JMV 1070. We'll check a look at those coming up a little bit later on. If you want to call, we can get your calls in. Last chance to do so before tomorrow uh, when certainly we'll be talking about moving forward with what they have. And keep in mind, this is supposed to be fun, right? There shouldn't be any angst. Don't have any angst. The angst got to be over on West 56th Street. So when Ballard said last week, it seems like you guys are more on edge, more agonized over this than I am. No, that's not true. Or it shouldn't be true. Like to me, if you if you wanted to highlight what C.J. Stroud yesterday said when he said, I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I mean, you could also highlight when Chris Ballard said last week that it seems more meaningful to us than it does him. Well, there's more of a profound effect on us than him. I mean, to me, that doesn't matter. And what Stroud said doesn't matter either. But you could certainly make that correlation if you wanted to. I just don't have enough time nor the inclination to do it. My favorite in this draft is Stroud. If he's there at four, take Stroud. I don't think he's going to be there at four. And I am a bit skeptical. I will tell you this. I'm skeptical even if he is there at four, if the Colts have any interest in taking him. I think it's going to be Levis. We learned yesterday at the end of the show that Aaron's barber in Hamilton County, who apparently cuts the hair of a scout, said that the Colts are incredibly high on Anthony Richardson. Now, Before we laugh at that and dismiss it, you have to understand how often news has popped around here. Remember with Tony Donahue and the Uber driver snowboarding? Lots of people take credit for that. Lots of people would be wrong. Tony Donahue had that first. That's because Tony Donahue needed a ride everywhere he went. He just so happened to get into that vehicle with that person. So that was his. But it is funny the way that you find out stuff. It can be an Uber driver. 
It could be a barber. It might be somebody's gardener. You never know. I have learned over the years you do not quickly laugh off and dismiss such rumors because everything is so locked up. Sometimes those that are completely unwilling and not even paying that much of attention may learn something that all of a sudden seems incredibly important to all of us. Pretty funny, though. Is it Joe Rexroad or Rexrude? Am I going to pronounce that wrong? I think it's Rexroad. I like the way that that pronounced. Rex Road. Uh, he writes for The Athletic. He writes regarding the Titans and the AFC South. We'll get Joe's perspective from Nashville coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Chapel's going to drop in at five. The legendary John McClain. Not to John McClain inside the lounge via YouTube Live. He spells his name differently. Not to John McClain from Die Hard. The great Bruce Willis in that role from 1988. But John McClain, formerly of the Houston Chronicle, and still, without a doubt, the most plugged in in Houston. Are they seriously thinking about going non-quarterback? Or is that just a charade? Quarterback city at number two overall later on tonight. John McClain's going to join us at 5.30. And friend of this show, friend of mine, the Gorman, they're actually having an event out at the Colts Complex, that's where tonight's draft show that begins at 7 will start. I think Gorman, Gorman is going to be the in-house entertainment. So I don't know if that means he's going to be doing a reenactment of one of his uh, sci-fi classics, Sharknado 12 or whatever. But the Gorman is going to join us and talk about that event. And some cold stuff coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. By the way, here on the radio tonight, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan, round one with that local twist of what's going to go down this evening in the NFL draft. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Former Colts offensive lineman Joe Wrights. Former head coach Rick Venturi, who was with us a little bit earlier this week. They all are on that show telling you exactly what goes down and giving you a fantastic look at it afterwards. Your round one draft coverage begins tonight with Matt, Joe, and Rick at 7 o'clock. An incredible night. And Giannis, I would listen to Giannis all day. All day. And so much of what he had to say last night is accurate. Unfortunately, what he talked about, and this is not the best of worlds, what he talked about last night with his team and a failure or not, that's not the world in which we live in right now. I'm not suggesting it's a great place by any measure. And as much as I could listen to him all day explain that, I thought, yep, you're right on the money. The problem is most of the world does not believe that. Maybe that's the ultimate problem. You know what? It probably is. The rest of the world doesn't believe that. We'll dive into that and what was another incredible night for Jimmy Butler. In five games, Miami, the eight over the one, the play-in. Miami lost their first play-in game at home. Remember, we laughed about that. They are making fun of syphilis, making fun of Dracar, making fun of Miami. That's one of our major fun things to do. And now this, Knicks and Heat, Eastern Conference semifinals. That's incredible. One NBA game coming up later on tonight. Features again, Boston and Atlanta. The Kings and the Warriors last night as well. Grizzlies back on track, if you will, against the Lakers. 
Warriors just that that's what a championship team does right there. And that's what a team that hasn't won a championship and hadn't been in the postseason since a lot of you were born, that's what they do as well. Quick break and we'll come back. Joe Rexroad going to join us from the Athletic down in Nashville. Mike Chappell, John McClain, Gorman, your thoughts before this 2023 NFL draft later on tonight, of which you can hear how it goes down beginning at 7 right here. The stream, the app, we'll get inside the lounge via YouTube Live coming up in a minute. HD Radio and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Don't go anywhere. The Ride with JMV. It's party time. P-A-R-T. Why? Because I gotta. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, Chapel McLean. Gorman's in there somewhere, too. Yeah, Shark NATO Part 12 reenactment. Maybe a great scene right there could be happening. You can find that uh, with him over there. You hear that with me right there. <laughs> Sometimes I just forget James, you know. Sometimes I do. Nah, but the uh, Colts show tonight, our draft show, West 56th Street is underway at 7 o'clock. Matt, Joe, Rick, and Gorman... I think you're going to be emceeing the event over there, so that should be outstanding. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Pipeline from The Athletic. Joe Rexroad joins us before the 2023 NFL Draft. Hello, Joe. How you doing? Hey, guys. I'm I'm doing great now that we're uh, just about here. How are you guys doing? They have a new quarterback era down in Nashville, you think? Uh, because it seems to be that maybe some of these rumors that are floating around does not seem like that there are a lot of them, but some of them involve that team in Nashville that you cover about trying to move up. What have you gathered to this point about that possibility? Sure. You know, I, I think it's absolutely possible. I mean, I don't know how much they're willing to get. Like, are they willing to you know, get into that three neighborhood and, and give up all it would require to get there to, to I don't know, say C.J. Stroud's there after two and they'd rather have C.J. Stroud than let the Colts have him. If that's the way it might go, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I do think that they're very serious in this draft about a quarterback. Um, you know, I, I mean, every team talks every draft season about evaluating all the positions and they talk to – whatever quarterbacks and whoever else but the titans had three of the five top guys in and you know cj stroud is a kind of a special case because mike rabel knows you know everything that ever happens to any ohio state athletes so um they've done their homework and i think they are prepared to uh to possibly strike tonight absolutely you know what's interesting about this and joe rex wrote of the athletics on the andy moore automotive group hotline it was a year ago right where basically it seemed as if john robinson in nashville was uh riding his swan song in trading of aj brown that was pretty much it right there was that that the moment where it became apparent even before the start of the season that he may not be long for that organization you know, it's funny you say that because, well, first of all, when they made when they made that move, I mean, I know the column I wrote was, "Are you kidding me? You're going to regret this the rest of your career." <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> I mean, I had a total, basically, a written tantrum about it. Sure. But you know what? I I still I still thought he had built up enough equity over the years. You look at what he inherited and what he did, and even if you go back to the 2019 draft with Brown in it and Simmons, uh, just a fantastic draft. I thought he had done enough to 
to survive that, but obviously once you watch A.J. Brown torch your former team and then you've got Eagles fans taunting the owner in the box, well, okay, now John Robinson has to go two days later. But, yeah, as as it turns out, you're right. That's exactly what he was doing. And he did that after Mike Vrabel basically said, there is no way we're moving A.J. Brown as long as I'm the coach. And then John Robinson moved A.J. Brown. So, yeah, we know now who has a hell of a lot more leverage in an organization. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, especially with the right. evidence right there. Where's uh, Rand Carthon is, is all new. What, what's his style? Do you know until you go through this weekend's draft, or do you have something in mind? And how big of a deal is it if he does swoop in here for that first selection and move up to get that longer-term quarterback that certainly is not Malik Willis, evidently? Right. Yeah. No. I, and I don't think it is. Uh, I know that that's a, that's a small sample size, but I, you know, I think I think there's been enough over months of him in the building that the, you know that uh, I won't be surprised if he's not with the team next year. Talking about Malik Willis. Yeah, it's hard to know with Rand Carthon. Uh, I mean, his style publicly is very enjoyable. You know, he's in great press conferences. I mean, we're all enjoying him. You know, he's, he's engaging and he does give some insight. Look, he's got a lot, you know, he's got a lot of friends around the, the, the league, but of course he's still a first time GM. Um, and you know, like you just said with Rabel, it's like whatever they do tonight, it, it's like, I know we're all going to say, well, oh, so that's what Rand likes to do, you know, or whatever, whatever it may be. But it's like, yeah, but man, Rabel is, Rabel is all over whatever they do too, you know? So, um, it will be interesting if they do the quarterback thing that Rand Carthon is willing to start, basically kind of start that clock on himself, right? Uh, you know, right away. I mean, John Robinson, that's one thing about him. He never had that. I mean, he right. never drafted a quarterback. He inherited Mariota, who had been drafted the year before by his predecessor. And then, really, I mean, he made one great transaction, which was trading a fourth-round pick for Ryan Tannehill, but he never got a chance to, to, to draft the franchise quarterback attempt. Well, I mean, it, that sounds like a familiar story. I think people around here, Joe, yeah. have heard a similar story regarding Chris Ballard. I mean, you just rebooting and restarting, as some of which was, was his doing, uh, some of which was the owner's doing, and certainly, as we saw a year ago, for the team, it was their undoing in that 4-12 and, and one ridiculous type of season that we saw Joe Rexroad of the Athletics on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, the AFC South, and the Tennessee Titans and what he covers. What are the odds you think that the AFC South gets a complete quarterback reboot with the exception of Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars by the end of this night. Oh man, wouldn't it be amazing? You know, everybody can rip on the NFC South, but by golly, they might be the stars of tonight. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I, and here's the thing: is obviously everybody's been talking. We got Adam Schefter screaming about he's willing to bet that the Texans aren't going to take a quarterback at two. But I've also heard the scenario, you know, on, on our show uh, here in Nashville. Um, you know, we ha- we have Charles Robinson from Yahoo on every uh, every week, and he was talking today with some seriousness about the Texans. Yes, not taking a two, but then taking twelve to move up to get who they want. Um, so now, the, the, now if that's the case, it may be it may be the Titans and the Texans vying for the same person as the Texans, or excuse me, Titans with 11, Texans with 12. But no, it's absolutely possible. I still don't totally buy it. And if someone said tonight we see C.J. Stroud go to the Texans at two, I'm like, okay, so it was just about all a bunch of BS. Every year we get BS, right? Yeah. And yeah. then I think, yeah, I mean, I totally expect the Colts to, to take their guy. And, 
And like I said, even the Titans potentially, if they can somehow get themselves to move back or even move up from 41 to late in the first, taking Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, I would say, is on the table. See, I wondered that as well. Because you mentioned the pull for Mike Vrabel from a former Ohio State Buckeye and C.J. Stroud. But seemingly, and maybe you can't, I mean, I'm just guessing right now that you could probably stick if you're Tennessee and maybe get what you like and somebody uh, not too far away down in Knoxville gets there, works out, comes back from an injury. And by all accounts, obviously, we saw his production at Tennessee before that injury. We viewed his athleticism. But one of the one things I heard around here, because everybody around here is so dialed into leadership qualities, right? Because they've been few and far between recently that people will tell you that that may be the highest on the list, the leadership quality of Hendon Hooker. So I would agree with you, and you probably believe that is much of a possibility, maybe even much more than people are giving it credit to be. Yeah, and you know, having covered a lot of the Vols you know, over the years, the last two years, I, I would say if there's somebody who's a better leader and better guy than him among the other quarterbacks, that's awfully impressive. I mean, he's he's off the charts in that way, so... I think he is appealing. Look, the big question with him, other than you know, age, yes, ACL, you got to make sure that heals. But it's just that offense. It's, the, I mean, the Bryles, the, it's it's the Art Bryles offense, and we just haven't seen anyone big. It's so different. It's not just quote unquote a spread offense. Spread offense is all over the NFL, but the Bryles offense with the wide splits and and the way that they. Really, they put defenses in binds in ways that NFL rules don't allow. And so there is a huge transition. So far, you know, Bryce Petty and Jared Stidham and all these guys have flamed out. I think of ultimately, eventually, we're going to get someone who does work out. Maybe he's the one. But that is that is the one question uh, about him and, and the receivers out of Tennessee as well. So Joe Rexroad, he's the writer, columnist, athletic, Nashville. Robbie Rexroad. 1025 The Game. It's ESPN Radio down in Nashville. Kind enough to join us on draft afternoon via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. What do you think is going to happen, not only for the team that you cover, but at number two and maybe even more specifically for Colts fans here in Indy? What do you think they're going to be up to at four in your estimation? Uh, it's so hard. Um, I'm going to hold you to I, I it, so yeah, you better give uh, it a fair no, shot I here. Know. I think I think um, I think I think the Texans are going to not take a QB. I think someone's going to get the three. I just don't know who, but I just can't. Believe. Once people see the Texans are are, are not taking Stroud, I think someone's going to try to get the three um, and take Stroud. Is it going to be the Titans? I mean, maybe that's awfully rich. I think the Colts take take Stroud if he's there, but. Do you guys? I mean, you guys got to tell me. Like, no, really I know. I've said for months they're going to take Levis. I've said for months. I, 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 Joe, I mentioned this all the time. When you have a crap water season that you know we covered and went through with the fans this past year here, you dive into the what ifs of the draft and free agency well before the end of that crappy season. So I, 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 I had talked about then how much they liked Levis, and again, it is a long time 
to hold on to that level of like because it, it's much easier to find things you don't like than things you do like over that period of time about yeah. a player. But the interesting thing, that happened before complete lockdown, right? And now everything's locked down. Nobody's saying anything. And, Joe, it has seemed like that the Colts have been very comfortable at being at number four. Maybe that changes tonight if somebody jumps up to Arizona at number three in front of them. But it just seems like they've been very comfortable at number four. And I just wonder if there is a legitimate reason as to why they're comfortable there. And that also kind of points the finger to me, at least, to Will Levis. So that's where I've gone. Yeah. And I've, you know, like I've had a mock. We do a thing like in town with, with uh, someone, media guy who takes all our predictions. I, I put Titans move up to six to get Levis, thinking the Colts are going to get Stroud. But I hear you. I mean, it's been, there's been so much about the Colts and Levis. So I'll just say Titans go up and get Stroud at three, Colts take Levis. And, uh, how about somehow the Texans move up to get Richardson a little bit, like move up to like seven, get Richardson, and then we have an AFC South domination of the draft, all right? Yeah, we all sound like we're doing – and I do the same thing, Joe. I sound like I'm hedging my bets on everybody, right? Although I have been solid yeah. with Levis way back, months ago. I want to see them get the good fortune of being able to draft C.J. Stroud. However, I'm skeptical if he's at four, if they do it. I can sit here and honestly tell you I'm skeptical if he's at four and they do that. So Yeah, I hear you. And the Stroud, you know, obviously the S2. You know, those S2 guys are from Nashville. I did a story on them a few years ago when no one knew about them, you know. So I actually took those tests a few years ago. So I, I believe in the importance of that cognitive process. I think it's a fantastic addition to the uh, – to, to the evaluation process, but I think some people are starting to act like the S2 score is, you know, everything. And also, I don't believe that's his best S2 score. And I think the teams who own that information, which would include the Colts and Titans, by the way, know that. He uh, gave an incredible Kenny Powers-esque answer yesterday that saying, I, I didn't come here to take tests. <laughs> I came here to play football, and I i mean, he had me first here at the Combine, Joe, of being a ball placement specialist, because that hasn't been a real specialty of anybody around here, certainly since Phillip Rivers. It's been a while, so he had me then, but the Kenny Powers-esque answer to that question yesterday, I thought, all right, if you have the good fortune, if he's there at four, that's who you need to draft right there. I don't care about the S2 or whatever, draft him. Yeah, I mean, if you watch the Georgia game, my gosh, I think that would be enough. He's he's good. I mean, my personal belief, like I, the only quarterback that I would significant money on being great is Bryce Young. I'm just a huge, huge fan of Bryce Young, and I think everybody else has has their flaws. But C.J. Stroud to me might have the highest floor. And I think there's something to be said for that. I think he's going to be good. And with like Richardson and Levis, I mean, I think they both could be fantastic. But I'm I'm, I, there's a lot to, to wonder about whether they'll actually develop and get there. And Stroud has got a lot going for him already. So, I think. so did you take the S2? Well, so I did. You know, I took – I didn't take, like, all nine. I took, like, four or five of them, and I sucked. But I, I, I told them, like, I wish I would have, like, just done it so I would have had some hilariously bad S2 score to tell people because it would have been bad. But it actually made me feel better about my – failed athletic career it wasn't just bad athleticism it was also like my brain is terribly slow so it was you know in a way it sort of comforted me yeah man i don't know about me then 
That's terrible. It's kind, of, it's kind of like playing. It's kind of like you know, in the old days, you play like Atari. You, know, you yeah. play Pong or something. You know, like it's a lot of stuff like that. Well, like, that's what I thought. Would it make me better? Object, at, and, yeah. Would it make me better at playing Galaga? Because that's what matters. <laughs> Asteroids, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no. That UFO it, you know, it disappears and all of a sudden pops back up. Exactly. I'll be more prepared for it. Yeah. So, all right. I'm assuming you're writing about the draft later on tonight. Tell the folks where they can find your stuff, Joe. Yeah, uh, yep, at the com, and then on Twitter, at Joe Rexro. Awesome, man. Well, enjoy the show, enjoy the writing, and we'll probably catch back up once this thing is in the books here to see how everything came out down in Nashville, too. And, hey, thanks for, by the way, building that stadium and completely squeezing Indy out of any chance ever again of hosting a Super Bowl. Well done. Thank you. Oh, man. Uh, well, thanks for having me. I tell you what, I- I'll say this still. I still think Indy should have the final four every like two or three years. So well, that, now, I mean, now changed. now you guys are going to have that too. Stop screwing us over down there. I mean, you got the country <laughs> music, you got the a lot of chicks and everything. Come on, what are you doing? Yeah, hey man, I'm going to miss the outdoor football. Honestly, I will. So I'm nah, sorry. You'll get used to it, buddy. And you'll get you'll get <laughs> yeah, you'll be in the yeah. rotation to Super Bowls, and we'll be here after having a great Super Bowl that everybody was just fantastic at. Be here. You know, waiting to build another stadium to get that next Super Bowl. That's what's going to happen. So, you guys have St. Elmo's. So, yeah. there we go. True dad. Fair trade. Joe, I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the draft. Joe Rex Road. Now, the athletic, the game, Nashville. Andy Moore, Automotive Group, Pilot. Let me take a break. I'll get your calls on the other side. Chapel, John McClain, 5 o'clock hour. Gorman is going to host something later on tonight. We'll let him explain. We'll talk a little football with him, draft style, coming up in the 4 o'clock hour as well. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Sis Boomba. Sis Boomba. <laughs> Describe the sound made when a sheep explodes. <laughs> 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, James, over there, I'm John. Thank you for joining us. What's your thoughts on uh, who you believe the Colts were selected number four? If you want to explain it more in depth, you certainly can. At JMV 1070, you can find the Connecticut Water Question of the Day. It is up there. Make your vote count. And do it now. Yeah, it makes you wonder what he mentioned, right? The Vrabel-Ohio State love fest connection right there. Makes you wonder. I, too, I know that I said this and a lot of you would, but it would not surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't have a great deal of thought regarding C.J. Stroud all along. And even if he were available a different direction would be found. That's who I like. A lot of you do. Some of you don't. And it sounds like that we're hedging on this, and I'm not hedging whatsoever. I have been, again, steadfast in who I believe they're going to pick because of distant past intel. And I've also been consistent in who I think they should 
But I do think it's going to be Levis coming up later on tonight. All right, quick break, and we'll come back. I want, if you're on hold, stay there. I've got a lot of time for you coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Gorman's going to join on the other side. they got a Colts event tonight. He's going to be emceeing that. And, of course, our draft coverage begins at 7 from that event with Voice of the Colts' Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi, and Joe Wrights beginning at 7 o'clock tonight. The 2023 NFL Draft. No better angle for all of it than you're going to get right here. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, I'll rejoin you coming up in a minute. Your calls on Twitter. I don't know what the hell is going on. I'll try to explain. Explain that coming up on the other side as well. It is draft day. Going into draft night 2023. We got you covered. 935 the fan. The ride with JMV. You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of damn nerds. 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. Joe Rex Road. Athletic, the game in Nashville. The podcast is going to be up there. Lickety, 1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. A lot of Manning hating going on in there. I don't like it. I don't like it. And you shouldn't do it either. Shouldn't do it. Saying you shouldn't have done it for Saturday either. I mean, listen, it's one thing. You understood exactly what wasn't going right and what could not happen again. But the whole petition jackassery, come on, you guys should be better than that. Trying to run dudes off? Some of these dudes have already been run off, by the way. Just curious. Who's next? Are you going to do that to Reggie one of these days? Give Halliburton a heads up with some of you out there. Hey, Jonathan Eric, you stand by. I'll get to you in a second. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. There is what I like to call in southern Indiana a shindig going on later on tonight over at the Colts Complex, West 56th Street. There is a radio show, round number one of the NFL Draft. That is going to be covered by the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, along with Joe Wrights, along with Rick Venturi, and then the MC work. And looking back on what was a tremendous acting career, just, I mean, across the sci-fi network, nobody, nobody had ever done it better than our next guest we call... Jeffrey Gorman, the Gorman, affectionately on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. So how long are you going to explain your career to everybody tonight? How long will that take? Not happy, John, right out of the gate. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I thought I thought Rake Straw was covering for you, so I agreed to do this. But uh, I understand it is you on the horn. So as I've said to you before, my friend, there's B movies and there's C movies. Yeah. And then when you get into my acting career, you're in the D&E world. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, let me tell you this. You are a far better actor than Lorenzo Lamas. Thank you. I appreciate that. I want you to know that. I appreciate that. Not saying a whole hell of a lot, but you know, I, I, do, <laughs> I appreciate that. He's the same guy. He's the same guy every movie, it seems. There's some sort of turmoil. He has very little to wear. His skin is, you know, oily and, and sweaty. And his hair's and blowing. Hair perfect. His hair's yeah, blowing so. in the breeze. Yes. Yeah, just put a storyline behind that. John, it's a... It's a good time of the year right here. Who you got? Uh, who you have us taking at four? Uh, you guys are selecting Will Levis. Does, right. does Chris okay. know that yet? Go down. Kate, are you in the know. building? Go down and tell Chris that that's what they're doing. I'm near the building. I'll say that. I'm out in nature right now, but near 56th Street Complex. I'm just uh, out in nature. Yeah, just looking at the trees, John, getting a nice break whiff of fresh air here and there. I'm going to be locked in from about 4 o'clock to midnight tonight, so. Just kind of taking a little in before we head that way. I got Edger and James coming up. We're going to have him on the uh, 
on the show coming up pretty soon uh, tomorrow, actually. On uh, oh, on uh, you'll you'll hear that on Colts Happy Hour or um, uh, the Last Word, rather. So we got a, we got a few things rolling before this draft gets going. But I, I love hearing different uh, different opinions on who we're going to get. And I, you know, I mean, if I was in, if I was Ursay or Ballard or Spiken yeah. at this point, do you really know John? Because you don't know what Wright's going to do down in Carolina. You don't know what what the Texans are going to do. Are they going to shift something and grab a grab a defensive player? Are they going to you know are they going to trade back and grab somebody later on in the round? The same thing can be said with Arizona. What they're doing, you know, with everybody talking about Tennessee moving it up and grab a quarterback. So I, I mean, the funny thing is, I don't think anybody in the in the NFL world really knows who's going where. You know, four hours before we kick this thing off, it as Popo used to say, I'm talking about Bill Polian, and he'd say, "Well, we'll, let, well, Popo used to say, we'll let the draft board dictate who we're going to take." See, so whatever that yeah. means. Yeah, now listen, they all know. They know basically where this thing is going, don't you think? Because they always tell us every time afterwards, yeah, it's just like what you just said from Bill Polian, we're going to let let the draft board take us there. They they know exactly where this is going. Or if it's not exactly, it's in the neighborhood. Of knowing know, exactly what's neighbor, going, but John, the neighborhood is Bryce Younger or C.J. Stroud or Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. I mean, how do you know that Frank Frank isn't coveting a twenty-year-old quarterback who's going to be on his second contract before he's 24, 25 in Anthony Richardson? I mean, we don't know that 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 that, that franchise doesn't covet a quarterback like that. Twenty years so old. So you're John, suggesting 20. that would shake things up? All right, I'm writing things down. I'm taking notes here. Just notes. go ahead. I'm just saying, who knows? If you know who's going number one overall, go to Vegas, bro. I don't know if it's Anthony Richardson. Oh, if it's I would Will go Levin, to Vegas with Bryce Trump. Young. You wouldn't go to Vegas with Bryce Young? Well, you got everybody's been talking about Bryce Young for the thing. And then the one thing that nobody's talking about is the elephant in the room, his size, his size, his size. I love the kid. He's dynamic. They, people call him Steph Curry with a football. I totally agree. He showed up at, at 204 pounds at, uh, at the combine after playing at about 188. And I'm just saying that's something that these general managers, owners, head coaches look into, the durability of a quarterback body, because after 17 weeks, if you're still at 205, you're doing something right. Those guys will be they'll be dropping weight throughout the year, John. These guys that aren't, aren't you know, offensive linemen and stuff, guys that are right around 190, 200 pounds are going to be dropping back into the 180s after 17 weeks in the NFL, John. It's a grind. Uh, the Goreman got a big event out at the Colts Complex tonight he's going to be a part of. And, of course, uh, unfortunately, Edrin James will not be on this show tomorrow. He's going to be on, uh, I'm assuming, the last word with you guys tomorrow, correct? Tell me when you want him after tomorrow. He's yours. Oh, tell that's me. awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah, just let me know. And, listen, I want to talk to you about this thing going on tonight because if you're a Colts fan you're wondering mm-hmm. what the heck's going on out there, you can get in on the action. There's 500 people that are coming to the complex, season ticket holders. Uh, you know, there'll be a few guests guests there. I think Shane Steichen will talk to a few of the season ticket holders a half hour before the draft kicks off. There'll be some other surprises there. But that that's all well and good. That's all fun. I don't even know how those 500 people got there other than being season ticket holders. But Buffalo Wild Wings in the general area of Indianapolis, I'm talking about Broad Ripple, Greenwood, Plainfield and Westfield. You'll have some alumni players there, a bunch of giveaways. You can also do the draft night bingo, qualify for uh, to win a pair of tickets to a road green and get uh, your, your lodging and hotel and, and airfare taken care of. Don't forget you got Jim Irsay's Million Dollar Schedule Challenge, John. I hope you, you apply for that. Deadline Man, is I need it. I need I mean, that. Million, million bucks. Am I eligible? Schedule. I have not entered. Am I eligible for the $1 million? I think you are. You you basically work as a contractor for the Colts hosting our, our pregame show 
but nobody looks at you as an employee. So, um, <laughs> so some less than others. Yes. <laughs> I think you're you're eligible. How about this? You can go to shop as soon as the the, the, the pick is announced at number four. You can go to shop.colts.com and say, "Hey, I want the fill in the blank jersey with this number on it." And and you can get the guy that they get and have your 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 uh, jersey ordered first and foremost right today. You can do it at about you know eight thirty five, eight forty five by the time the Colts pick their first round pick in uh, the fourth overall. So that's at shop.colts.com. I got to get a couple of these reads in. Sorry for your listeners right here, but we got a lot of crap going on in the Colts world. I need to get out. Everything you need to find out is at Colts.com slash draft. There's a lot of stuff going on tonight. We're having another private event at the back nine, which is something like Top hmm. Golf, I heard. No, I didn't get invited to that either. What the hell? Duran, Billy Brooks, all the boys will be down there as well, and it's going to be a fun one. At the, it'll be a fun hang tonight with those 500 people that are waiting because uh, the big screens will be flying, John. There'll be some giveaways there. I'm trying to trying to coax Ursay to say hello to the crowd really quick, get him fired up before he goes into the war room. So it's going to be a great night tonight. But I'm telling you, that Buffalo Wild Wings thing, there's a lot of great giveaways and stuff, and we'll have Colts representatives out there. Everybody will be cheering on this first-round pick. So it's an exciting day, John. But like I said, once again, I wish it was Greg Rakestraw and not you today. I'm not a, not a huge fan of yours as I am as Greg. He is uh, the star of the 2002 classic Bear Witness alongside Angie Everhart and Daniel Baldwin, Jeffrey Gorman. Yeah, that was man. Bad ones, did you see Angie? Yeah, Ever- did you get to see Angie Everhart naked in that? No, I did not. But I had struck up a nice friendship with Angie. She had did a little trailer really? next to mine, and had, well, a, had a nice chip chat between socks. And she's probably got a nice little trailer and- right now too, doesn't she? You think? Nice little trailer. Yeah, sure, absolutely. <laughs> Wherever she goes. So, no, I'm saying it was. Uh, we did those shoots. I didn't work very long on it, but every shoot started at 12 midnight until 7 or 8 a.m. on that one. It was all yeah. overnights. I remember that. And it, you know, show up in the east side of L.A. at a house that's you know. Ooh, I thought I thought know, Angie Everhart back in the day was hot. She was smoke. What do you mean back in the day? Well, Still now. She's, well, I haven't seen her is, recently. I don't know. John, if you're beautiful at 20, you're beautiful at 80. What are you talking about, brother? I mean, come on. It's either it's like you. You never had that look. You know that. No, that I'm no, I'm reclaiming it. Look. I, I never yeah. had it, but I'm I'm backwards. No. I'm like Benjamin oh, yeah. Button right here. I'm going from yeah. bad to bad, bad to good, backwards. You look like you should be. Yes, you you be the guy on the back of the harvester getting the crops up. <laughs> it's a Gorman got that event <laughs> later on tonight. Now, is that um, the back nine, by the way, is a great place. I mean, a great right, place. Yeah. Shout out to Danny Hayes over at the back nine. Ask for him. Is that event that's open to the public tonight? I think it's a private event, but I don't know if the whole place is closed down. It uh, sounds like uh, Colts have got a good uh, handle on stuff, but there is going to be some great stuff going down there. I don't know that the whole thing is rented out, but I should probably talk to our marketing director before I go on these interviews. But I'm going to say this. Go down there, you'll have a good time. It's NFL draft night. It comes once a year. We got the top five pick. Closest we've been is Quentin Nelson a few years ago, and now all eyes are on the quarterback. So I'm just just laughing because I've talked with you a lot of this offseason when we Mm chit-chatted about the Colts not taking a quarterback at that pick and what that does for the fan base and what that does for the – have you changed your win on that? Nah, like 98% of them will be irate and pissed if they don't. It'll be two percent that I go. Hey, I told you so. That's just what Chris Ballard does. I know nothing about the draft. I swear I don't know. I about agree. It, guys, we can tell. If guys, <laughs> but if these guys covet three of the four top quarterbacks and and their pick comes up and and their three guys aren't there, what what are they? What 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 does Chris Ballard or, or another NFL GM do at that point? And that's what they call call reaching, right, John? I mean, if you're if you're going for a pick that's not on your covet board. 
and there's three guys that are bang, bang, bong, they're gone off the top, and you're left with, hey, we don't have a high grade on this guy. Do you have to take him because the fan base is saying, get a quarterback? I mean, that's 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 not, not just yeah, They're not doing I mean, because the fan base, they're doing because that's what they want. They know that's what they want. And again, that's why I suggest that they pretty much know what's going to go down right now. That's, that's one thing, and I'll give them credit. Everything's been locked up tight over there. That's fantastic. Sure. I mean, not even a whisper, Absolutely. not even a breath coming out of there. But it's been very quiet in terms of any rumors whatsoever. And it just kind of seems like the Colts have been, Gorman, incredibly comfortable at number four, which to me means they're comfortable and know what they're going to get and they're getting what they want. So that's my belief. Do you think they'll move up? I don't. Do you think they'll move down? I don't. Okay, so you're saying they're locked in. And, again, my point is, if you covet three of the top four quarterbacks and three of them are off the board, what do you do? Do you take a reach and say, well, I like this guy 70%, but uh, the other 30% we're just going to have to wing it? I mean, They already know. They already know. They know they 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 like Will Levis, and that's who they're going to take. They know he's going to be there at four. It's based on John. John, Okay, based (laughs) on JMV's. My twisted logic. That I'm giving well, get you. Get your ass over to the complex tonight. I can get what? you in the back door. You can't not either. A season ticket holder, but you know I can get you in there. I don't know, man. I don't, I, I, what's the percentage of people that like me over there any longer? Has it been a falling number percentage-wise recently? No, I think you're well loved, John. I really Am do. I really? I think you're well loved. Yeah, you're special, John. Don't forget that. So, well, people love special people. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they, <laughs> sure they do. It's uh, the Gore Man on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Podline. You tell me who you think they're going to take. Give me a, an oh, opinion. God. Are you allowed to share no an opinion? Idea. I don't even think so. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to at this point so close to the thing. I have no opinion on it because I don't know who's going to be there. I mean, nobody's let up their card. These quarterbacks are all spinning around on that sort of hamster wheel is who's going number one. The, you know, the rumor mill came out. It's all now Will Levis now, and then he's going to go number one, and it was Bryce Young forever. And, then, hey, Frank Reich fell in love with C.J. Stroud. What's going on? And everybody wants to get their hands on the 20-year-old from Gainesville because – you know, they can work with him. He'll be 23 years old. He'll still be on a rookie contract, that type of stuff. So you have a lot of factors to weigh in on this stuff, John. Lots. And I have no clue on what they do. I don't know what Arizona does. I'm, I'm more interested to see at this point what Arizona's going to do with the three overall than, than what we're going to do with the four because it's dictating what, what, what what's going to happen with us, I believe. Do you think, they'll, you think they would move up? Who, us? Yeah. Why? Why not? I mean, I mean, I think they would move down. I think they would. Chris Ballard said, "Hey, I like picks, but I'm not surprised at this draft at all. If we move up, if we move down, if they go after a guy they covet and they say, hey, this is our next quarterback for the next 12 years, this is our guy.' Then you got to do what you got to do. I don't. I mean, I have no clue on this thing, and I don't even think the you know the greats from ESPN and beyond. Have no, I agree. Idea, no, I do agree with you on that. Kiper. I do. You know, I, I do. Mean, I mean, Kiper and McShay. We go by what they're talking about, but. John, it's just like, I, I don't know. These guys are talking about, this is a, you know, a CEO they're talking about hiring. You know what I mean? A 12, 10 to 12 year guy, not just the Colts, but all these other quarterbacks. You don't want to blow it on this thing. You don't, you, you know, you can't afford to blow it on this thing because you put your franchise back five years if you don't hit on the quarterback. I think that Shane Steichen should have the, the highest percentage of choice in this. Is that fair? Gotcha. Yeah. I, yeah, and by the way, going back to the private event over at the back nine, don't yeah. show up. All right, yeah, don't <laughs> show up. Yeah, don't show up. Well, they'd love me over there. Is, is the big man going to be there? The big man going to be there for a bit? Big man will not be at the back nine. The big fella is going to be. 
the big fella will be in his office and he will be uh, with monitors all around him and paperwork all around him and, and a, a telephone in his ear. And then he'll finally make a stroll back to the war room and he'll get, he'll give him the, uh, the lay of the land and what the latest is. And then finally that first pick goes off and what that means for the team then. And the second pick goes off and what that means for the team. That'd be exciting. And I think, uh, I don't think I'm letting anything out of the bag, but we're going to see this down the road. Don't forget with the next pick the Colts have. No, no doubt. Uh, one of the gr- one of the greatest uh, you know dramas I like to call it in sports when you watch about what goes into uh, this overall first pick. I mean, first round pick rather, uh, not not first round overall. But uh, I, and it's going to be exciting. Those cameras are in there, and we're going to be hearing about what they're talking about right when they're talking about. Hey, the Texans are on the clock. Hey, Arizona's on the clock. Colts are on the clock. We'll get all that stuff. And, again, you can find out all the information at Colts.com. A couple of other special guests are going to be there. You know, Ursay likes to bring a bunch of people out and get them into the war room. So it'll be interesting to see who he has there tonight. It's uh, the Goreman right there. There's a lot going on with the Colts. And, of course, the uh, show, the draft show with Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi, and Joe Wrights begins at 7 o'clock here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I think I, I need to ask you this. And I mentioned this yesterday. Um, it's in Kansas City tonight. I think for some reason it's going to your home state of Michigan, that crap hole that is Detroit next. When yeah. is Indy going to get the draft? Should that not be coming up? Is it going to be if the combine leaves town? Is there a give or take there? When is Indy going to get the draft? Uh, I don't know. You got to talk to Peter Ward about that. Who knows? I mean, we got get the him on the get everybody. him on the horn. Where is he? Everybody, everybody wants a piece of the combine. So if they can double up and give us. Give us the combine again and, uh, and and circle back. It'd be a great great area for the draft here. I mean, the weather's perfect oh, yeah. this time of year. You could do it outside. You could close down the streets downtown if you wanted to. It's a hell of an event. Uh, you know, say what you will about me, but it's a great great destination for a sporting event, and we've proven that. But, no, that'd be great. Well, I, I've, I I've said this, Gorman, about the same time that the Pacers get back – in the postseason and playing well is when you want the draft here. You want all that going on at once. Because we know how special it is in the spring, warmer temperatures. Everybody's excited about the product going on. That's yeah. when you need the draft here. So I, I don't know how that works. Do you guys have to put in a bid or something? Who's in? I mean, is, can, do I call Pete Ward? I'm going to text him right yeah. now and see if he can put in a bid. Yeah, get Peter Ward, Stephanie Pemberton, even okay. Roger Vandersnick with the great hair. Give him a call, bro, and just say, hey, we need to get this thing yeah. here. I'm telling you, we should start a campaign for it. The people have spoken. Let's go. It's, um, yeah, that's, I thought you would be the person to ask about that because I'm no. skeptical. I am skeptical about the future of the Super Bowl at any time being here. Now that Nashville has cleared the way to build that new stadium, it's going to have a roof on it, going to be indoors. So I'm very skeptical that this city will ever get another Super Bowl uh, in my lifetime. But uh, the, the, draft, the draft will be great. Let's do it. Yeah, the, dra- the draft is draft is something that they're going to move around. It might take us a you know a dozen years to get it here again, but I think this thing will be a traveling circus the way that it is. And outside is the best, uh, you know, Music City down in Nashville, McAfee up there and whatnot. I think that was um, that was that was sort of the catalyst of what, what what you can have at these things. You can have a nice outdoor event, have different you know sections for the fans to walk up, have a VIP section there as well, and, and do it outside. Hopefully, you get the good weather and. And let it roll. But, you know, this thing, NFL is a king, man. We've, they've proven that. I mean, we got NBA playoffs going on tonight against the NFL draft. Don't forget there's a game tonight. So I'll be interested to see what the, what the ratings are on NFL draft versus NBA playoff game. 
Yeah, I don't know if the NBA wants to see that. See that. I think they'll get yeah, I think they'll get swamped in that. I don't even know who's playing. Boston, Atlanta, maybe? What time do I need to turn in my uh the name on the card for number four to Chris Ballard? What what time? Just do it now, bro. Just just think do so? it now. Yeah, just get it done now. Call your contacts at the fifty sixth street, say, Hey, I got an email coming. Follow through, and then I told you so for four hours tomorrow, John. He, he, oh, man, I can't wait for that. He looked like that he he kind of, at times, liked me during the combine. A little Who, bit. Who's he? Chris Ballard. He looked like he kind no, of, at times, liked no, me. No, no, can't stand you, John. Yeah. No, not a, That's what not I a thought. fan of yours. I have no idea. You're right. You're probably you're right. You're more yourself right. up for that one. No, who does who does Ballard not like in the press? Come oh, on, he's yeah. nice. He calls you by your first name. He hey, he goes up there and does the deal. He knows it's part of the gig. All right, you know? big night for you later on tonight. Enjoy that out there with uh, the fans and the season ticket holders, and enjoy Edger and James' will, conversation tomorrow too. Well, I will say on the, on the air tomorrow, JMV was right. If your call from Kentucky is the pick. Yeah, I want I want C.J. Stroud though. Okay. Yeah. You don't want Bryce Young? I, no, because Frank Reich is going to draft Bryce Young. Okay, well, you know, not, not what I, I'm asking. I mean, how can I have I have this figured out already that. and they don't? Come on. I can't have a conversation with. Him. I said, do you want Bryce Young? Well, I can't have him because Frank's grab him. How do you know? Here we go again. I know. You want? We know. You want Bryce Young? You want Bryce Young? Bryce Young's going to go number one overall. Okay. Do you want him? Oh, would would I? Want him with the Colts? Absolutely. Why would you not want Bryce Young? I don't care about how tall he is or isn't. Doesn't matter to me. He looked like a pretty damn good quarterback. You want Richardson from Florida? Uh, that's that's the one that I'm most skeptical about. Now again, I'm impressed. Nah, I, 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 I would not. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. So I, you want three of the four? You'll take. No, I'm just saying I want Stroud. I want Stroud. I got to pare this thing down to one. And in this case, it's the one that I want. And then the one that I feel that they're going to draft. So that's my answer right there. I want C.J. Stroud, but I think they're going to draft Will Levis. And, and, you, and you'd, you'd get a tattoo of Bryce Young on your shoulder if, if we got him, too. I'm not getting and, any and, ink, brother. Come on now. And, and then you, you'll get a stamp tramp if Will Levis is selected. <laughs> I know you, John. And by the way, how are the George working right now in this nice weather that's going on? Because I know you got grass-stained shoes on and basketball shorts or jeans uh, shorts. Oh, yeah, I'm looking too. good right here. I am. Looks <laughs> like every day. I think I've worn the same thing uh, for three consecutive days. I'm looking great. All right. I got to go get some fajitas, John. I'll talk to you. Take it easy. All right, Gorman's got you covered later on tonight. I mean, that's you you look at it this way. Unless they make a last-minute move, don't you think? Am I completely inaccurate? I know that everybody says they don't. But don't you think they have a pretty good idea about what's going to happen before them right now? uh, Anybody out there believe that or – you disagree with it. We Loungers, what do you think inside the lounge via YouTube Live? Hey, let me know what do you think. You think they have a pretty good idea what's going to happen in front of them right now? You know, even better yet, this has been my thought all along that it, it seems like that they've been comfortable with where they are at four. It's the way that it seems. Do you think that plays a role? Think that helps dictate to you who you believe is going to be that selection? Oh, I can't. I would try to read this name, and I can't. Nobody knows. So did Lamar Jackson just sign a deal with the Ravens? Look that up, James. 
Griff Pope tells me that inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I saw where Dan Graziano reported that Lamar Jackson and the Ravens had uh, positive dialogue today. Is there anything beyond that? Uh, the only reports I'm seeing, it says Ramar, uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens make major progress on new contracts. Major progress. And as I told you before all this started, the reason why we didn't talk about it it was even more of a waste of time than a lot of what we're talking about leading up to tonight's draft in the first place. It wasn't going to happen. Not even close. Jonathan, Eric, and Adam, you guys stay there. Calls on the other side. I got time for you. Chapel on the five. McLean, 530. Joe Road a little bit earlier down in Nashville. The Athletic in the Game in Nashville. The podcast, 1075thefan.com. And inside the lounge via YouTube Live where you can... Talk to everybody. Talk to me. Watch me. And uh, go back and forth with people like Griff Pope and Dabney and Scotty and others. That's Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live. This is 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, Gorman. The event, the Colts Complex later on tonight for the draft. Coverage begins here at 7. Matt, Rick, and Joe at 7. Round number one of the NFL draft. The Colts go off at number four. I'm assuming around uh, 9 o'clock in that general vicinity. Later on tonight when they draft. Maybe you watch out for this. I mean, maybe they try to trade back into the tail end of the first round. I'm not thinking that's going to happen, but we shall see. Again, the Connecticut water question of the day. Colts fans, who you got? I say Levis. 33% say Stroud. 32% Richardson. 25% Levis. None of the above getting 10% of the vote. At JMV1070 on Twitter. I think I found this out, too. I have comments here that I don't see. Which is weird. Has Twitter switched this around to where unless you address me, at JMV 1070 that I don't see it because I used to get anything that's commented on anything that I had tweeted comes back at me and I can see it individually, but now I can't. And it's a pain in the ass. I mean, not the biggest deal in the world, but it's a pain. A great example. Alan writes this. I wouldn't want any of them, but probably will be Levis. Guessing Young and Stroud are the first two quarterbacks gone. Richardson, a really long-term project. Cash man goes with Levis. I don't see Stroud being available unless the Colts move up. Robert writes, they probably have one in mind if he's not there at four. Take Anderson if available, if not trade back. A lot of holes to fill. I don't think they're going to do anything like that, Robert. Colby Monroe County says they're going to trade back. And officially, the Ravens have that agreement with Lamar Jackson, a five-year deal. A five-year deal. So if you talked about Lamar Jackson here for any amount of time, it was a complete and utter waste of time. Waste of time. Back in Baltimore. Damon writes, this audio and video is matched up perfectly today on YouTube Live Inside the Lounge. It's going to be a great day. Thank you, Damon. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live. 
A lot of content going on in there right now. Also at 239-1070 where Jonathan is found to start the day. Jonathan, thank you for the call. How are you? Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing great. How about yourself? I am fantastic. Thank you for asking. <laughs> um, maybe I'm a little more decisive than your betting advisor, which is kind of ironic, uh, Gorman. I think it's Levis. Um, I don't know if it's for the same reason as as you've been mm-hmm. thinking, but I don't think uh, Ballard's inclined to trade up even if Stroud's there at three because if the, he traded up, it would have been likely for the number one spot a long time ago. Um, I've heard him compared uh, like – Levis is a Steichen guy, so I guess some people are suggesting that he has some similarities to Hertz. But um, I also hear Josh Allen and uh, well, you heard Wentz too. You've heard Wentz too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw some Wentz-like clips um, in that uh, dark. In that <laughs> well, did he did he did he do context. like three circles at the two-yard line and didn't try to throw it left-handed? Is that what he did? No, that would have been more creative. This was more like just yeah. a pick six on what was supposed to be a screen or a quick slant. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe he's unlucky. I mean, I got married 10 years ago today, so uh, oh. I might not be lucky enough to see it live. Happy anniversary, <laughs> Jonathan. Thank you. It's all right. It was a rainy day, but it was worth well, it. Well, here's, here's the one thing, because they are not going, regardless of what happens at four, they, to me, they're not going to view this as taking the, quote, leftovers here. So they're going to view this as who they had hard targeted all along. Thus, the reason why I believe they know how this is going to yeah, go. I don't think they're trading back because they would have even less control. And this feels like the time that they're finally going to want to be in full control. And then take Ringo, take Tyler Scott, that wide receiver from Cincinnati they love so much in the third round. And the rest should be low pressure compared to tonight. <laughs> yeah, then the pressure really begins of transforming this quarterback into something that you need long term. So that's when the yeah, word pressure. That's like the real Herbert, pressure. They say he coached him too. What's that? I'm sorry, I missed that. Oh, uh, Stroud's a lot like uh, Justin Herbert. That's ah, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, 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 and that's where coached him too. That's what I mentioned the Gorman, and and he kind of went on without answering the question, which is okay. But I said I think that Shane Steichen should have at least a smidge more. And who he's going to work with and who he's going to coach decision making wise with this than than Ballard and and Ursay. So that's that's just my thought. He, that's the reason why he's brought in here. He's brought in here to coach this team, but certainly to mold a young quarterback into something special around here. That is his A number one job with this group. So if you're going to have that A number one job, you should at least get a little bit more say than even the owner and the general manager to me. Right. They acknowledge he knows more football. I think Ballard's just cheap, and he's. <laughs> this is a time to take the quarterback. It's a lot simpler. It's just, you know, take one, and it's going to cost the same no matter who it is. But Steichen's got the vision, so let him uh, let him have his, his say, and he should be good to go. Jonathan, happy anniversary. Thanks for the call. Oh, thank you, sir. All right. This is in Kansas City. Is this anywhere near Arrowhead? And everybody just waxes poetic. Oh, Arrowhead's great. And my apologies to Jimmy, who is a great dude, and I mean a big Chiefs fan, as you well know. Jimmy in the midday. But when I went to Arrowhead, I thought it was the biggest toilet of a stadium I've been to. I don't want to go back. I thought, who who around here flushed the toilet and it all ran out here in this stadium? What's happening? I hated it. Hated every second of it. Before I got hit by an ice ball, 
before me and Tucker Barnhart and Drew Stored had to get out of the bus and push cars out of the way so we could get up the ice slick exit ramp. Even before all that, I thought, man, what a toilet. I just, I'm not an Arrowhead Stadium guy. I don't think they're there, though, are they? They're not near Arrowhead. You know where they are, James? It says here it's scheduled for the area around Union Station in Kansas oh, City. Oh, man, Union Station. How about around our Union Station? You bring that back. Put up the go-kart track, bring the arcade back, food court. Bring back that shop where you could uh, get iron-ons of stuff on your T-shirt, sleeveless T-shirts. Oh, that's great. Bring that back. Eric's up next to 239-1070. Hello, Eric. Hey, JMV. Um, I, I I think uh, – I, I honestly think that this will be the first time ever where there's been five quarterbacks taken the first five picks. And I'm also – and here's why I think that. Okay. I think the Raiders trade up to three. And I, and I think Bryce Young goes one. I think Will Levis goes two. And I think the Raiders want C.J. Stroud. They've made that clear. And I think they trade up the three, and then all of a sudden you're in a predicament between Hooker and Richardson. And today, when I was wa- when I was watching, they said Chris Ballard said that there that the four quarterbacks he, there's something to like about all four of them, but in his mind there's five. So that tells you right there they're not moving up. They might move back, but they're not moving up. It, if he said that, and I and I saw it, and he said there's five quarterbacks. So but if it came down to Richardson and Hooker, if if I'm right, which one would you take? Um, Richardson or Hooker? Um, I I would, and this is going to break some hearts here. I would take Hooker over Richardson. I would too. I I I just think that's who they're going with. If Levis if Levis isn't there, you know it's funny. There's not one person that says anything about Hooker either. Not one. So. That's probably a reason why. And if but, you look at what Peyton Manning says about him, if, if I know people are down on Peyton Manning, but yeah, he, why is that too? By the way, the one, yeah. I so. don't know, but he's saying he's the one that he loves more than any of the other quarterbacks. So. I, yeah. So hey, Eric, um, I I like Hendon Hooker. I just don't think that he is going to be in the thought process here. But I would, and, and I, it's not like I dislike Richardson. But if you're going to compare the two, I would I would take him, even being older and you know, knowing that you're talking about a 20 year old quarterback. I, yeah, and and hopefully down the road, this 20 year old quarterback doesn't blow up into something absolutely incredible where you have to eat a lot of words, which certainly he could make happen. But as of right now, I'd go that direction. If you're asking me that question, as you did, anything else? Do you think the Raiders do trade at the three because they like Stroud? Um, I don't know if it would be Stroud or if it would be Richardson that they would like, right? If they're trading up? What do you think? Seems like Richardson would be a Raiders organization in Las Vegas type of special. You know, a special project for the Vegas Raiders. That would make more sense to me than trading up even for Stroud. Would be for Richardson. Right on, JMB. Yeah, you call anytime, Eric. Thank you very much. JMV, I wish I could make this up, but a dude pulled out in front of me. I honked my horn and got the bird by the driver and his son, who could not be over 10 years old. Yet, see, Fitch, we are an angry bunch. 
I say we, I'm not included. I'm not an angry person. But we are, for the most part, an angry bunch. And it seems like that, you know, even in road experiences like that, that somebody is ready to pop at a moment's notice. I wish I could just generalize and say, why doesn't everybody just chill a little bit? I mean, join me at 3 o'clock. We'll talk about stuff, stuff that really, in the grand scheme of things, you know, doesn't matter. And it's sports. Have some fun with it and maybe decompress a little bit. A lot of people out there need decompressed. This is kind of where we are right now. I just kind of go, yeah, whatever. <laughs> See you down the road. Wouldn't be the first time somebody ever gave me the finger. Wouldn't be the last time somebody ever gave me the finger. He's angry. Trying to stop being so angry. Adam's on line three. Adam, hello. Hey, how you doing, JMV? Great, Adam. Thank you for calling. Hey, I hope we can pick up CJ Stroud in this draft, and then later on down the stretch, we get Marvin Harrison Jr. for the legacy team. Wait it would minute. be awesome. Wait a minute here. You're starting to give me a bit of a sports arousal with that. That that hit me in the right spot. I mean, it may take a couple of years. I'd have to hang loose with that for a couple of years, but that is something I would not mind. You know, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be an absolute star. Oh, yeah. Absolute star. And you know what? You can still. His dad was so good. You, you can't really say, well, he's going to be better than his dad. <laughs> you know how much it would take to be better than his dad? How much you like him at Ohio State right now? Pretty incredible. I would agree. Somebody yep. somebody is going to get a great winner, a great receiver. Somebody's going to get that next year for sure. Uh, I hope I hope we can bring in the legacy. That'd be awesome. The legacy, Adam. Thank you for the call. Yeah, he was one of the receivers that C.J. Stroud was throwing to and just one of those. Well, he has so many weapons. I mean, he's got so many weapons. It's like Joe Burrow had so many weapons. Well, I have a Joe Burrow play to the SEC. I mean, just always a butt. Always a stupid butt. Stroud was good. The Georgia game mattered. Yeah, all those morons out there talking about the Georgia game. Yeah, come on. The Georgia game mattered. All these guys say what matters the most is what is put on tape. Do you think they put that on tape or was that erased? That's such a jackass comment. Yeah, I'm just a non-believer in that. And nothing like that was said regarding Joe Burrow coming out of LSU. But he's in the SEC. But it's different. You know, why is it so different? He had an incredible year. And I always thought this was good. I thought you, you bring somebody in with the hope that with that talent, that a higher level is built and evolves around them. What's wrong with that? All right, so you're you're held to a higher standard if you have higher talent around you. You imagine you stoop below that level of talent if you don't pull your own weight? There's a lot of pressure to play someplace, especially like that. And what is expected? And especially with a high level, a high caliber of talent around you. There's a lot expected. Good for him for getting through that. But I just, that's so much of this and the S2 and all that is just so super lame to me. 
I don't know, it's funny. When Rex Road was on, he tried to talk us into it, and then he tried to talk us back out of it. I thought, okay. Uh, you just, I, I admire, I admire when they say we take what is on tape, what you see in game situations more than anything else. That's our consideration. And I will give credit to Chris Ballard because that's the first thing he said to us in February at the combine. That's the first thing that they look at. And not a lot of my words have been kind regarding Chris, but that is one that would strike me as, yep, that's how you evaluate. And really, that's universal around the NFL, and it should be. I think a lot of these teardowns of some of these guys have been fairly ridiculous, especially that of C.J. Stroud. All right, quick one, we'll come back. Daryl's on hold. Ryan's on hold. We'll get to you guys. Chapel McLean, 5 o'clock hour. Draft day, 2023. We got you covered. We'll get you there. We'll set you up for tonight at 7 o'clock with the coverage here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Back with you next. The Ride with JMV. I don't know what the hell's in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Let me tell you this, that uh, concert announcement that was just made, obviously that's going to happen at Cambridge Fieldhouse led by LL Cool J. Uh, it is similar to what was in the past a Fresh Fest, which were outstanding. But while LL Cool J and everybody else on that list outstanding, you are going to want to love, you will love Rakim. No longer Eric B and Rakim, but you will love Rakim. That will be the best set of the evening. And hopefully we have tickets to give away for that. And that's going to be outstanding. But Rakim, Rakim will steal that show. Ryan's at 239-1070 on draft day afternoon 2023. Hello, Ryan. Man, you're not lying about Rakim. That's one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Yep, I've seen them twice, once in 87 and I think once in 92, and it was absolutely incredible. There, there is. I used to think there was no better duo, but since they no longer get along, apparently, Rakim will go down in history as one of the greatest hip-hop artists ever. He is that yeah, good, not- that distinctive, that incredible as a performer. It'll be great. Not to age myself, but yeah, I saw him and EPMD. I love that. EPMD is yeah. going to be here too, though. I think EPMD is going to be in a different show, but I think we'll have tickets for that as well. I think EPMD is going to be in a show uh, up at the Indiana State Fairgrounds, which is going to be awesome too. So get no, ready. Absolutely. Get Keith, ready. Keith Murray, Eric Sermon, the, the best. Mm-hmm. So, but listen, I'm calling for two things. One, you guys were mentioning about people flipping people off and uh, road rage. And I don't know if you can even say it on the radio or advertise anything, but have you seen the Netflix show for Beef? I have not. Oh, it is an amazing road rage story. Um, but it just, when you guys were mentioning it, it was it just reminded me. I just watched it. I binged it the other day. Um, but part two, The Warriors. I have been a Warriors fan since Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen, and Mitch Richmond. Right. Um, TMC. Yes, sir. That was that was that was the group back in the day, and I have never seen them as locked in as they are at this moment. 
Yeah, it makes you it makes you wonder. It, it was almost helpful that Draymond Green got that suspension. It was almost like a, you know, it, not that they needed it. They're talented enough, but it was almost like that they put a motivational chip on the shoulder of a team that didn't necessarily need it. Kind of wake him up a little bit. Kind of shook shook him loose. Yeah, and and last night was the difference between a championship level team and a team that still has aspirations to get there. Fun series to watch. Anything else, Ryan? Oh, no, man. I'm good. I'm there. Just look, I enjoy listening to you. Thank you. Have brother. a good one. Hey, Ryan. Thank you. Beef. Is it called beef? Yeah. Asking me if I watch something like recent. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Hey, by the way, Lamar Jackson, five years, $260 million extension. Think that would have happened here? Hey, Daryl, I got about 30 seconds for you to hammer out a fantastic point. Go ahead. Really, none of the above, and I'm going to lose all of If Ballard doesn't take Will Anderson at number four if he's available, then Houston, we have a problem. He is not going to do that, Daryl. Well, he isn't going to do it. the wrong move because none of these quarterbacks are going to take him to the next level. It's just <laughs> not going to happen. He is not going to do that. Because uh, here, Will Anderson's not going to take him to the next level either. So, he's not going to uh, do that. So He's going to make that defense a whole lot better than it is right now. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a quarterback at four. Sure. And you can call back and you can hey, – I'll tell you what, Daryl. You know me. You call back tomorrow and you just rail on me if well, I, if you're I, I, accurate I, I, and I'm not. I'm uh, I'm at my favorite place right now where I'm going to go in and release some stress, and you know where that's Well, at. I'm going to tell you what. They're getting closer and closer to getting that one <clears throat> erected down on the south side. Yep. It's supposed to be opening in May. Got that. We'll be there. Have Thanks, Daryl. Have, have a good night, brother. Tell everybody I said hello. Quick break, and we'll come back. Don't laugh because I used the word erected. All right? It was proper. Rex Road, Goreman. And then Chapel McLean at the 5 o'clock hour. You're going to love this coming up. Your calls and more at JMV1070 on Twitter. Your thoughts on the draft tonight, the direction it's going to go with 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Joey, have you ever been in a, in a Turkish prison? 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Yeah, you guys have been spectacular. Thank you for holding up the the show because I I haven't five year two hundred and sixty million dollar extension on draft day for Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. It is draft day. We'll get to more of that coming up. John McClain, bottom of the hour. Joe Rex Road a little bit earlier from the Athletic. Gorman was on here uh, from your favorite Sci Fi Network B movies of the early two thousands. Uh, plus, he's going to be the MC out at what is going to be a fantastic time at the Colts Complex tonight. 7 o'clock, the draft night coverage begins with Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi, and Joe Wrights right here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, Mike Chapel of CBS 4 and Fox 59 joins us. Uh, did it make you laugh when you saw five years, $260 million, and wondered for a minute why any of us wasted our breath around here about that possibility for Lamar Jackson? Yeah, what struck me was it's like, was it $5 million more than Jalen Hurts got? Yeah. So, you know, it, and that's how it works. You know, I, I fully encourage a, a situation like Lamar Jackson where you see what you're worth and, and, and max it out. But at some point you've got to realize 
where you sit, even at, at the top at the top of the list, there is a ceiling. And uh, you know, and now Joe Burrow, you know, I think he's kind of next to who is it, Justin Herbert. So, and what's really funny is you hope after tonight that in five years the Colts have this problem. To have, boy, how are we going to resign this guy? Because we found out he's the guy. And when you, boy, when you got the guy, you just don't let him go. But first, you got to find him. And they kept him. So, yeah, I thought at the time that that was going to be a wasted argument. And as it turned out, it was absolutely a wasted argument. That's probably probably the kind of contract he would have got on an offer sheet. Something along that line. Maybe a little more. I don't know. But, you know, there was, barring him really putting his heels in on the, what did I say the guarantee was, $189 million. Uh, of the 260, I, I haven't got my math. That's probably 65 percent. I don't know what it is, but and it's all about guaranteed money. That that that's all that's important in any of these. So, you know, good for him. Now the Ravens, and again, like we talked, I thought it was very very unlikely the Colts ever would have gone after him seriously. Now maybe they called and said, "What if?" I don't even know if it ever got to that point. But Jim Irsay sort of you know, threw water all over that back at the owners' meetings. And th- this was the outcome that was most, most likely. And now after we get Rodgers in New York and we get him back in Baltimore, we can go about our lives. It's uh, Mike Chappell of CBS4 and Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I have said that Shane Steichen should have the highest level of decision-making power on the quarterback they choose, knowing that's not probably going to happen. But would you agree with that? You think at this point he yeah. deserves a little bit more of a decision-making power over the general manager and the owner in this case? Yes, and I think I think Ursay mentioned that uh, as far as Ursay's impact that he's going to let Chris Ballard, and I think he mentioned Steichen, make the decision unless they were out in left field and he just didn't agree with them, and that wouldn't be the case. I think this is one where you allow Chris Ballard and his staff, and and it's a collaborative effort with the staff, let them do all the homework, let them get these quarterbacks aligned, and then you go to Steichen and say, okay, what do you see? What what do you think works best for you in his mind? You know, in – and maybe it includes Bryce Young first. Well, he's going to be off the board. But if, if you don't let Shane Steichen sort of have sort of the final say, after they've done their work, to let the quarterback or to let, let, let the head coach slash quarterback guy decide which one works best for him, then what are you doing? I mean, give everyone the best chance to to succeed. And I really think – from from having been around him and and knowing as much as we can, I don't think Chris Ballard has the type of ego who where he says, you know, no, this is the guy, this is the guy, and the second says, no, he's not, and it, and then the, the the GM overrule him. I really think that they might be on, you know, similar paths anyway, but it, it, to me, if there's if there's much of a of a disagreement. Let, let let the head coach, I guess, 
put his neck out there, kind of like they did with Frank. I mean, you know, they gave Frank a lot of rope, and then it finally came back and, you know, got him. But, yeah, I'm with you. And, and I do think that, that Steichen will have a heavy, heavy hand in this. And But that, that's the way they work, the way they do with coaches and their scouts and all this. Now, it's a little different when you get the, first, the fourth overall pick. But I just think if you don't let your new coach, who's supposedly this great quarterback guy, and he's shown he's got the track record, then, then if you trust him to be your head coach, trust him to be your quarterback guy as well, and, and I'm totally on board with you. So, Mike Chappell with us. What's the best-case scenario in this first round for the Colts tonight? Probably that Houston takes a pass rusher. You know, the best case is that Houston takes a pass rusher and Arizona stays put and takes a pass rusher. Then you get the pick of everybody not named Bryce Young. That's the best case scenario. Now, I don't think that even remotely happens. I'm, again, I we've talked. I, I Having been around this so long, I, I just can't believe Houston passes on a QB unless they think they can get the pass rusher and come back at 12 and get their guy. And I don't believe Arizona picks at three. So we're not going to get the best case. But best case would be that when they're on that clock at four, the only quarterback off the board is Bryce Young. Yeah, and would they – I have said this. I, I am skeptical with the availability of C.J. Stroud, whom I want them to draft if they're fortunate enough to have that opportunity. But I am skeptical if they are fortunate to get that chance that they do that at number four with Stroud. Are you? I, 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 I've been the guy all along with a lot of people that if they – if they're sitting there at four and the board's falling and they really don't, and I do believe when Ballard said that, you know, people think we have one guy targeted. I don't think they do. I think they've got three or four of these guys clustered, which in my mind is why they didn't trade up to make a stronger attempt to trade up to one is they didn't see that much difference. So why give up as much as Carolina gave up, which, you know, something similar to that. So I, I I I just think that that you know they 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 I think they stay put in in and take their guy, but boy if if there's two guys there that, and and you really see a difference in the two guys, then you trade to three, you just do, but I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to stay at four, and we're going to be talking about. Yeah, I'm with you. I sort of I sort of favor C.J. Stroud. And I was talking to Rick Venturi about this, and I don't think he agrees with me. No, he doesn't. He doesn't I, I, agree with us, no. I think he's a Richardson guy, I believe. He, he, is, a, he uh, is a Richardson guy. He's a young guy first, but he's a Richardson guy with the availability. Because he, he sees, he sees the, the possibility right. of such a immense ceiling. And, and, and I don't disagree. I always get a little nervous. Not a little. I get a lot nervous when a guy has off-the-charts workouts, off-the-charts pro days, and, and you know, we, we've seen so many times. You know, is it, and I mentioned to Rick, I talked to him at length yesterday, you know, is, is this Vince Young? And you hope not. I mean, you hope not. But I, I, I'm at the point that I, I'm not crazy about super risks. 
and and that's just what I think he is. Now, again, the upside is tremendous potentially. I think C.J. Stroud's probably the safer pick, and that maybe that's not the way you go. I remember when they were talking about Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf back in the day, and, and one of the discussions that Jim Irsay had with Bill Paul, and he said, "Okay, you know, let, let's say that you know Peyton is everything we think, and, and we're going to win, you know, crazy with him." But if not, what, what's his what's his floor? Well, what, they said, well, probably Bernie Kosar. And Kosar was pretty good. Now, he wasn't, you know, top five quarterback, but he's pretty good. And I'm not saying that's what C.J. Stroud is. It's just, to me, there's there's a little bit less risk. And then they, that, that test comes out to where he's apparently not the greatest at processing quickly. I don't know. I, it's funny how these things come out so close to the draft and it, it drags somebody down. But Rich, I've said it from the start, Richardson just scares me to death because what, what, what if you can't crank up the completion percentage and and the 13 starts? And he was six, he was six and seven as a starter. It's not like in his 13 starts he he was just over the top and good enough to carry the team and. But I, anyone who wants to argue with Richard for Richardson, I understand it. I, I, I guess I would prefer Stroud, and and it's probably it's probably going to be Levis. I just think it's probably the way it shakes out. They're going to be sitting there at four because uh, I think I still think Houston maybe takes Stroud, and then somebody I think somebody trades up to three. And if you're trading up to three, you're trading up for Richardson, whether that's Vegas, whether that's Tennessee. And then that leaves the Colts with Will Levis. So Mike Chappell's with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I want to get back to something you said about you know they having these guys clustered because they uh, they don't know what's in front of them. I'm I'm not so much a believer in that because I think that they have a pretty good idea, regardless about what's going to happen in front of them. And I will say this: if you have these guys clustered, and then it appears that you're just taking leftovers, I, I don't like that. That's not good. I, I don't agree. like. I don't like that at all. I mean, I I want to know that they have targeted, and and I don't want it to be BS. But I want to know that they have targeted somebody all along, and they have a belief. They just didn't go with somebody because they were clustered together, and that's not who the team that traded up in front of them selected. Well, when we get when they make the pick tonight, and we get Chris Ballard around eleven o'clock, it's going to be well. This is this is the guy we wanted. And you we know, knew we what was going to happen that. all along. He's going to say we knew what was happening all along. That's why I think they know now, or they at least have a very good idea now. Maybe, but 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 how do you know what Houston's going to do? And and you certainly can't know. Well, you well, know I mean, what Arizona. I mean, Houston just do. didn't all of a sudden go. Okay, I think we're going to do this like five seconds before they pick. I mean, the, uh, don't these these whole thoughts most of the time occur well before they actually happen, don't they? Oh, they've known. Uh, and then the way the media is now with all the social media and the postings and Twitter and Facebook and all this stuff, it just gets so loud. Uh, and keep in mind, you know, this, there's a lot of Belichick to, to, to the Texans with Casario, so you're not going to get anything from them. Uh, I just can't get past the idea that they're worse off at quarterback than the Colts are. The Colts have Gardner Minshew, which I can live with for a, for a short term. You know, they've got Davis Mills and Case Keenum. I, I, you know, you can live with that, and 
they've already lost a lot of their fan base. How much more? You know, hey, you know, trust us. Well, I, I, we don't trust you. So, but I, 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 while Houston is sort of a wild card, you know what Arizona is going to do. They're going to trade out of there, and but you don't know who's going to trade up and what they're going to get. So, if you believe that that one guy that you like is whomever, say it's say it's Richardson, then to me somebody moves up to three to get him. I, I just I, I just don't see somebody moving up to three to get Will Levis or, or man maybe maybe Stroud. You do I don't know I don't know, but Arizona is a wild card, and I, I would just hate that in three years for the Colts to be sitting there and after sitting at four and taking the guy that's there in the guy that somebody jumped in front of you at three, he's he's a lot better than your guy. He he he's taken his team to the playoffs and you're sitting there with a guy that's either just so, so, or not very good. Uh, and we've talked with, you know, they're, they're at a point now where they have to, they have to take a swing and do something. And the way to do something is to be aggressive. Again, I moved, I moved to three. If I really like one of these guys and I don't hope he's there at four, but it, it all depends on it. And one thing I asked Chris in a text about a week ago, I said, cause we always get together with him the media, you know, a week or two after the draft, and he just always talks a lot of really good stuff that we can't write because it's all background. I said, I hope you can tell us at that time how you had these quarterbacks ranked. He said he would. One thing that I asked him uh, last week at the pre-draft is, remember, I said, well, how many first-round prospects? And he said 17, you know, give or take. I think he said 17. And the, the follow-up that I didn't ask that I should have is, well, how many of these quarterbacks do you have with a first-round grade? It's not five. I'll, I'll bet you on that. So, and I have a hard time believing that they have four quarterbacks with with, with first-round grades. Maybe they do. I, I don't know. But uh, it, it, it's I, st- I still don't see how they would know what's going to be there because you don't know for sure about Houston. Yeah, I mean, maybe they maybe they've got an eighty percent idea. But you've got zero idea what's going to happen at three, because one, you don't know who's going to go up there, and two, you don't know who they're going to go up there for. Maybe, maybe Tennessee goes up there for C.J. Stroud. I don't know. It's fascinating. It's always it's always fascinating, but it's ten times more whenever quarterbacks drive the uncertainty because you've got four, maybe five guys that are really you really like if you put Hendon Hooker in there. And you've got four or five teams that once again need a quarterback. Hey, this is unfair, and you know maybe it's not the biggest determining factor, but I've had reason to believe that they would like Hendon Hooker a lot more if he weren't coming off an injury. You buy that? Oh yeah, I do. You know, from everything you read, I didn't watch that much of him during the season, but he, he wasn't in a really good NFL ready offense because of the way they ran their offense. Right. His numbers were off the charts. Off the charts. Where would he have been in this pecking order without the ACL? Probably two or three, probably. Uh, you know, the fact that the guy didn't run the right system, you know, whereas Will Levis did. He might be more pro-ready, although I don't care because that guy's not going to really impact this coming season. I want to know what he's going to do in 2024. But yeah, I, I would really like to know where Hooker 
would have would have ranked had it not been for the ACL because his numbers were, you know, system or not, his numbers were just ridiculous. So well, and, 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 they, and he has a trait that may be the greatest trait among these quarterbacks we've discussed. And something that matters to the Colts a great deal because it has been missing from this team at that position for a while, and that is the quality of leadership. Right. That is something right. that is a front runner with all these quarterbacks in mind, and it may not be the biggest deal for everybody that's selecting a quarterback now, but it is a it, pretty close to the top of the list for them. And I, from from what I had heard, he holds that quality certainly much higher than the others that we're talking about right now. So Yeah, and again, I always get skewed on Manning, and that's what he brought. You know, yeah, he was a pretty darn good quarterback, but he, he commanded the huddle from day one. He just did. From the, from the time he walked in that building, you just knew. You know, and, and go back and talking to Bill Pauline about all the, the pre-draft meetings and all this, and, and it was like Peyton was running the meetings. He was he was that much of a of of an alpha dog, and, and then he was like I say on top of that he was a pretty good quarterback. You know, did, did, did his ball flutter? Yeah, sometimes. The great the great one of the great quotes is they went through the uh, workout down in Knoxville, I think it was, and and someone said to right, some Pullian mentioned to to Tom Moore, well they say that Peyton's ball starts fluttering when it gets to sixty yards, and Tom Moore said, fine, we'll throw no, nothing more than fifty nine yard passes. So. And again, all the work they did panned out, and leadership, you cannot, cannot overstate the importance of that guy being not a fake leader. It's like well, Reggie Wayne told us the other day. I mean, you're either a leader or you're not. It, it, and I yes. think it, it, your teammates find out real quick if you're just kind of putting on airs and you're not really the guy because that that guy has to be, I guess, obsessed is the right word. But that's got to be what he does, and for 13, 14 years here, that's what Peyton was. He he he, he was football. Yeah, he had a life, of course, but he was football, and his teammates knew it. And when your best players, that's what made the 2000s so great and unique, is their best players were their hardest workers, were their most dedicated players, were their most obsessed players with what they did. You know, Manning and Reggie and Freeney and Marvin and Mathis and Glenn, all those guys. And when you've got that, you've got something special. Well, you know, I, I do know that. I, I know how much because they haven't had that leadership, and they want that leadership quality now and then evolving even better moving forward. Quickly, a final thing with Mike Chappell here. A lot of people have been taking shots around here at Peyton Manning. He shouldn't be involved. Why do they care about what he says? Blah, 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 and whatever. Um, and I have just said this. They, or maybe it's Jim, ask his opinion and he gives an opinion and it's nothing right. more than that and i've always said why wouldn't you why would you not sure. use if he is willing to give you that resource that but you know sometimes i deal with these young jackasses out here that have no idea what went down prior to the start of andrew luck's career and you get man i wish he would go away or he didn't know what he's doing and i just i, I just want to be clear about this there's no decision making that he is doing here he's just saying this is what i like about this particular quarterback. Just kind of like he's doing on ESPN later on tonight. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, and you take it for what it's worth. Now, now it probably carries – not probably. I think it carries more weight with the owner than it does the GM. It does, yes. I, I really believe that. But but having said that, I, I, I'm convinced that Ballard and Steichen make the pick. 
with all the information, and, and they're not going to just say, yeah, Peyton Baloney, we're not going to listen to you. No, you, you take that into account. But but I, I've not seen what Peyton's had to say about Bryce Young and, and, and Stroud and, and Levis, and, or, I mean, like Levis we have, but the other guys, it just seemed like he, he was asked more about, about Levis. That's fine. And you take it for what it is. You take it as input. At least he didn't trace the guy. You know, so well, it was like the only but, only way he didn't get he got trashed by everybody else. <laughs> so right, yeah. yeah. So, so again, I, yeah. I, I I think you listen, but but I, I think that again, even if it has more weight with the owner, which I think it does, I really do. It, this is this is Ballard slice Sykins call, unless they're going to pick a corner. You know, they no, no, no. We're, we're, you know, you guys, you guys figure out a quarterback because we need a right. quarterback going on it. That's why they brought but, Shane Steichen in here and gave that, him a six-year contract. That's that's and, and if you, part of his job. If you're not going to listen to him, then don't bring him in. Yes, that's part of why you brought him in is because the time was right to transition at yeah. quarterback. Bring in Wink Martindale if you're not going to listen to him. Correct. Yeah, bring in the defense. Bring in the special teams guys yes. from, from Green Bay for crying out loud. No. You brought in a quarterback guy for one reason for this for tonight. So Mike Chappell of CBS four and Fox fifty nine, your belief is Will Levis, correct? I want Stroud, but I think Levis. Man, we're right there. You're copying off of me. That's You're cool. copying off my paper. Me, which scares me because we're <laughs> we're always out there on that island that no one pays attention <laughs> no to us when we scream. No doubt, buddy. All right, we'll check in after this is said and done. Enjoy the draft tonight. Appreciate you, Mike. Stay in touch. It's Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59. Quick break. We'll come back. John McClain, formerly of the Houston Chronicle. Nobody knows the Texans and the city of Houston athletics more than he does. He's going to join us for a look with that and the AFC South. Final 30 with you two next. The Ride with JMV. Excuse me, Robo. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? Stay out of trouble. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. May 26th, IMS. The headliners, Brian Adams. Carb Day Concert 2023, Brian Adams, Soul Asylum. Tickets available right now. That's at IMS.com. And again, you get a JMV guarantee that this is going to be one hell of a show. You look at Brian Adams. He's on a nationwide tour right now and is going to play Carb Day. May the 26th, IMS, Carb Day, Brian Adams, Soul Asylum. Get your tickets now. That's at IMS.com. Meantime, Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, GalleriesSports.com, SportsRadio610.com in Houston. He is retired from the Houston Chronicle. Incredible resume, incredible knowledge for Houston and sports in particular. The Texans, he's a friend of the show. John McClain joins us now. Hello, John. How you doing? I couldn't be better. Thank you. I wish you were up here for Carb Day. I'd show you a hell of a time. I know. I should come up there. I've never been there when it didn't have anything to do with football, whether the playoffs, Texans were there, the Oilers were there, or the Combine. Right. So, you know, one of these days, hopefully, maybe, because it's an absolute blast. You've been so kind to the show over the years. We do certainly appreciate that. So I'm going to go with you because I know that you are in the know when you hear all these rumors coming nationally. I mean, across the country from people about what Houston is or maybe won't do at number two overall. What is your sense, your theory, your thoughts on what's going to transpire later on this evening at number two? 
they're desperate for a quarterback and an edge rusher. Their edge rusher, Jerry Hughes, is turning 35 during training camp. Their other edge rusher, and he's in the last year of his contract. Their other edge rusher, Jonathan Gennard, last year of his contract. He's missed 13 games because of injuries. They lost their third edge rusher to the Browns in free agency. They are desperate for an edge rusher. But they also don't want to go into next season with Davis Mills and Case Keenum as their quarterback. So in my last of my seven mock drafts, I had them going with Texas Tech defensive end Tyree Wilson and then drafting quarterback Hendon Hooker with their other first-round pick. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope they take a quarterback second overall because anything else, people understand D'Amico Ryans. He wants to build a defense up predicated on first-round picks in the defensive line like he had in San Francisco. He had three first-round picks with the 49ers up front, none in the back seven, and he wants to build up that pass rush. So I can understand it, but you can get an edge rusher with the 12th pick. You better take the quarterback. you got 49er philosophies, both sides of the football with D'Amico Ryans coming in, both defensively, as you mentioned, yes, and then offensively as well. Yeah, uh, they, the offense they're going to run is the offense they ran under Gary Kubiak, which is Kyle Shanahan's offense, which was Mike Shanahan's offense, which started with Bill Walsh. And so they, the difference in them and the 49ers, they don't have talent at every level like the 49ers did. And I don't know if it hurt D'Amico Ryans to see Mr. Irrelevant play so well and then thinking, well, we can get a Mr. Irrelevant again or if they understand their desperate need for a quarterback. But they want to be able to play the same systems. Bobby Slowick, who was with Kyle Shanahan nine years, uh, beginning in Washington in the last six with uh, the 49ers, he's the new offensive coordinator. He's a first-time play caller. D'Amico will be a first-time uh, play caller on defense. He's not said for sure if he's going to do that over defensive coordinator Matt Burke, who's also new. I believe that D'Amico Ryans will call the defense, so they'll have two first-timers. But, you know, you got to learn sometime. There's a lot of first-time play callers. You know, Shane Steichen was fortunate that Nick Sirianni let him call plays. They gave him a head start on uh, these other former offensive coordinators who have become head coaches. So John McClain joining us before the 2023 NFL Draft via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pylon. You had mentioned your final mock draft has, you know, the two first-rounders being Tyree Wilson, number two, and Hendon Hooker again later on in, in round number one with that second pick that they have. Uh, what are the pros and the cons with Hendon Hooker in particular, the likes and the dislikes that you have about his game at quarterback translating to the NFL level, John? I, I, I can tell you what people say and we're talking about media people because we don't know what the teams say but a lot of those media people used to be in the nfl now there's a reason they're not in the nfl and they're in the media and so they say he only had to read at the field well that was josh heupel's system and he mastered it he started virginia tech he played in a different offense and he blew out his knee in uh, december but nobody doesn't come back from a torn ACL. He turned 25 on January 1st. Well, if he comes in to the NFL 25 and he plays till he's 35, that's a 10-year career. Texans have never had a quarterback play more than seven, and that was Matt Schaub, and probably four of those were good seasons. David Carr played five, so they've never had a quarterback came close to playing 10 seasons. So a lot of people I know like Hooker a lot. Problem is, you know, he couldn't work out. So the fact is, his 
his stock has gone up because of the meetings they've had with him, extensive. They've talked to him about everything involved in football. He's gotten great reviews from Josh Heupel and the people at Virginia Tech. So I think he's going in the first round. Everybody has him going lower than I do, and I base that on if the Texans don't take a quarterback with that second pick, they better get one at 12 unless they think they're going to trade for Trey Lance. That's uh, John McClain is with us. Let's just say they select a quarterback at number two. What's your thought there? Um, there's words gone around that they, they don't like C.J. Stroud. Now, uh, the two Houston Chronicle beat writers, the ESPN beat writer who covers the Texans, they all pick C.J. Stroud. I hope they're right uh, because they, uh, other than the S2 cognition test, you don't see anything negative about Stroud. People are saying he didn't run much. Well, that's ridiculous. He said the combine. I got receivers running open. It'd be doing them injustice if I didn't get them a ball. He showed in several games against Northwestern when he rose for 72 yards. He ran 12 times against Georgia in that great performance in the playoffs that if he needs to move, he can move. So I'm hoping it's Stroud. They have a fan fest here with 5,000 people, and if it's Will Levis, people are going to boo him like crazy, kind of like they did when they took that white fellow in 2011. So, John McLean covers everything at SportsRadio610.com, GalleriesSports.com, getting reset for the NFL draft with a perspective from Houston, the second overall selection. With that in mind, your thoughts on Levis? on what you think he is, and again, he can evolve into as an NFL quarterback because that's that's who I have the Colts selecting of. I, I go back really months because I'd heard something about their interest months ago. You know, when this whole season was just awful around here, you start talking about draft possibilities and quarterbacks of a long-term future, and that's the first thing that I'd heard. And then they went, you know, under you know double secret probation lockdown where nobody is taking a breath and nothing's getting out of you know their inner circle over there. And I understand that, but it's still Levis for me. Give me some pros and cons on your belief at the next level. Will Levis possesses. I would certainly take him over Anthony Richardson, who's the ultimate boomer bust prospect. Um, Levis, as we know, has got great size. He's got great arm. He's tough. He can run. You know, he'll run over people. He'll run through people. He'll have to learn to start sliding. But uh, he lost last season his offensive coordinator. He lost two starting offensive linemen, two starting wide receivers, and he had a toe injury. And if you look at 2021, he was better for probably those reasons. NFL teams see every throw, games, practice. They talk to people. The rest of us don't have a prayer of talking about and talking to about a prospect. And I think, and I watched the on the clock with the Manning family that they've done on the top four quarterbacks other than Stroud, who didn't go there. And one of the things I paid attention to was Eli and Peyton watching tape from this season. And, of course, they're not going to put bad plays on there. But, man, the plays that they put on there about Levis, throwing that ball in a tight window with his arm strength, showing his mobility, his maneuverability in the pocket, and and hurdling a defensive player. Uh, If the Texans end up drafting Will Levis, I wouldn't have a problem with it whatsoever. And I think if the Colts get him, and he's more, much more Shane Steichen's kind of quarterback to me, a guy who plays more like Jalen Hurts. 
C.J. Stroud doesn't play like Jalen Hurts. He doesn't run around and run the ball like Hurts did. And Levis does. I think it would be great if the Texans, the Colts, and the Titans all took quarterbacks. And then you would – it's like they all have had a baby, and you'd watch the baby grow and see who does the best job of raising their kid while they compete against Trevor Lawrence. Nah, there's no doubt about that. John McClain is with us. A final thing, the, the boom versus the bust, the ultimate you described in Anthony Richardson. Where, where's your lean on that before we even see him play it down in the NFL? I have him going to the Seahawks at five because he could sit a year. It'd be great learning behind Geno Smith. Everybody else has Jalen Carter, which probably means it'll be Jalen Carter. And then he could fall. And um, almost all the highlights we see of him, he's running the ball. And that's great. I want to see him throw the ball more. But he was 6-6 six and six last season. He was uh, started 13 games in his career. If he'd have gone back, He'd have been right up there with Caleb Williams and uh, Drake May as the highest-rated quarterbacks next year. But he came out. He needs to go with a team that has stability with their offense, their coaches. And I think Seattle would be ideal for him. Uh, Maybe the Raiders. I don't know. But I think Tennessee's trying real hard to trade up. Don't know who it's for. But they really do want to trade up. I think they're trying to get – Stroud. I know Mike Vrabel is real close with Ryan Day. Ryan Day's first coach he tried to hire to come to Tennessee with him, but Day was promoted to head coach. And uh, so I'm guessing he's the one they're trying to trade up to get. And uh, But Anthony Richardson's going to be a project. you got to be ready to not try to force him into the lineup. I'd guess that Rand Carthon is probably letting Vrabel kind of run a lot of that show down there. And this well, you know, new GMs want to put their stamp on a franchise, and if Grable's the one that strongly influences him and lets him take the credit, people be happy. If they're able to trade up and get a quarterback, fans there will rejoice because everybody's down on Ryan Tannehill. Last year's contract, almost $40 million cap figure, and uh, so he might be the most expensive sub since the Nautilus because if the rookie they draft plays any shows any kind of progress he's going to be on the field and nautilus is going to i mean nautilus uh Tannehill <laughs> is going to be the sub hey man my show's always better when you're on it man always thank you you got it my hey john we, <laughs> we'll ch- we'll check back in with you coming up Anytime. in uh, days down the road john but uh, thanks as always for coming on my pleasure it's uh, john mcclain formerly of the houston chronicle he's retired from there gallerysports.com sports radio 610 there's nobody that has their finger on the pulse of houston sports and especially the texans in the nfl than he does and that was outstanding right there podcast 107.5 the fan.com other side your chance to win grand prix tickets and thoroughgood tickets as well for the mira old national center coming up later on this year that chance is coming up next and again we'll remind you about the draft at seven o'clock tonight local Fantastic coverage begins at 7. I'll explain, give you a chance to win. Final segment with you and I next. The Ride with JMV. Attention whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. The f- lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, 239-1070. Number nine is going to go see both George Thorogood and the Destroyers and get a pair of tickets to the Grand Prix coming up here.
It's really how you get the month of May officially underway. I guess you do by the mini marathon, which is a week from Saturday. But then you have the Grand Prix and things amp up for the month of May out at IMS. And we cannot wait. Number nine at 239-1070. You shall get those tickets to both the events and love them a great deal. Man, John McClain is always really good. So he believes Tyree Wilson, number two. And then later in the first round, Hendon Hooker. But he actually wants them to select C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I look back. Most of you believe that it's going to end up being Richardson. Jim McCann of Southern California checks in. So I see the Colts taking Shane Steichen's top-rated available quarterback with the fourth overall selection. Now, with this year's draft strong at corner and slot receiver, it won't surprise me if Ballard moves back in the second round to pick up another one. Any thoughts about maybe moving up into round number one, the end of round number one? Just a thought. Probably not. Just a thought. Tony Payne checks in. JMV, no matter who the Colts get at number four, I don't care. If it was a kicker, then that's who they wanted all along. That's what they always say. And I know that everybody believes that they don't know what's going to go on, but the way that it's been explained about, well, you put all these guys together and, you know, they're so similar. But do you really want to be viewed as taking the leftovers or something? Don't you want to, you know, hard target somebody, know that that availability of that somebody's going to be there, and then take it? If you did not want to be viewed as such, then trade up and leave no doubt. And that's why I've said all along that I think that they know what they're going to get at number four, and they're comfortable at staying at number four. Seems like you would have heard more of at least a rumor of proactiveness. Maybe that's a case coming up in the draft here. I just don't think that everybody completely goes into this blindly. Well, you know what? We'll just take whatever they don't take, we'll take. Okay. Well, I mean, hell, I could do that. Right? You can do that. I just always want to know that they targeted somebody. There's a reason why you like that somebody. And then you go out because you know that availability is going to be there and you get it. Again, my pick tonight, as it has been for a number of months now, Will Levis. We shall see. My pick that I want is C.J. Stroud. just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen for a couple of different reasons. One, I question the availability at four. And two, I also am skeptical that the Colts would select him at number four if he were available. How about that for a storyline tomorrow? We're going to have it covered. And I believe hopefully tomorrow we're going to have whomever is selected at number four overall on this show. James, thank you very much. Great show today. Podcast for it all. 107.5thefan.com. Hopefully the... First round pick by the Colts on tomorrow's show. An incredible reaction you will not want to miss at three. Great job inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the draft, and our coverage begins tonight with Matt Taylor at seven.